does everybody know what time it is? Time for the season four Super Spectacular! Ooh. <laughs> I'm sorry, your, your enthusiasm was just more than I was ready for there. That's right, it's grunt work. Stop what you're doing, because okay. I'm about to ruin oh, no. the podcasting style that you're used to. Oh, shit. The grunty dance is your chance to do the grunt. <laughs> because this is Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that'll help you get your groove back. Oh, that's good. Stella, please take note. <laughs> I am Landon, the beginning is the end, Solano, joined always by Truman. The end is the beginning caps. Oh, like a circle. Truman, it's good to see you. I threw I threw like eighteen different musical references in there. You know, I think I've mentioned I think I've mentioned before that I don't really ever listen to rap music at all, yeah. except when I'm listening to a girl talk remix. And then <laughs> later down the line, like this happened and we were getting a burrito. Like I heard a snippet of a song and I was like, oh yeah, I've heard that. But then then like Ludacris is rapping <laughs> over it, and then you know. Yeah. So I think the same thing is going to happen to me though with the jock jams that you use when we open the show. Like I'm going to be hearing lyrics to something ten years from now and be. Like, wait, no, that's supposed to be about grunting and home improvement. Oh, wait, Landon was using this as a reference. Like, I'm, you're, yeah. you're, you're seeding my future appreciation of music from 20 years ago. <laughs> I'm kind of like The Simpsons. Yeah, honest, honestly, you are. Okay, except I was, except I was, I was on board with The Simpsons when The yeah. Simpsons was new. Let me make some predictions. Okay. <laughs> or maybe not, because uh, Simpsons only seems to predict doomsayer stuff. You know, The Simpsons at one point predicted Bart Simpson being a Supreme Court justice. And at this point, <laughs> I'd take it, you know? I mean, there'd be a lot of rulings to protect shorts eating. And, uh, you know, his usage of the word I, Caramba, suggests that he would be uh, open to America being a bilingual nation. So that would be good. But I, I don't know. There'd I'm just saying, I think, yeah, Bart, Bart Simpson for Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. You heard it here first. Anyway, this is um, this is our legal podcast where we talk about which 90s cartoon characters we want on the Supreme Court. As in the past, I've said Heifer from Rocco's Modern Life, yep. uh, Rocco from Rocco's yep. Modern Life, Filbert. I really want to stack the court with Rocco's Modern just Life characters. And all animated characters. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, Because you could just recast the voice. You don't have to recast the person. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh, Truman, here we are at the end of this long season. This season began in January. <laughs> How is this season taking this was, so This long? was the, yeah, we, we started this season uh, at the turn of the new year. I mean, there was no episodes of season three this year. We, we were at the New Year's party and it struck midnight and we set down our champagne flutes and with our tuxedos still on, we went into <laughs> the closet at the fancy hotel ballroom where yeah. we celebrate New Year's and started recording an episode. And I am happy after this episode is over to finally take this tuxedo off. I know, I know. It has been nasty. We both need a shower and a dry cleaner and I've still got confetti in my hair from when the ball dropped. I'm just going to burn mine. Yeah. That's probably right. Well, we still then you've still got like another what three months until New Year's yep. to get a new one. Exactly. <laughs> Hello, dialing Mister Formal. Um. Okay. Well, so let's just you know I want to. We're just gonna ease into this episode. You know we're, we we we've done the work this season. This is our office party. This is, this is us grunting now. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, oh god. Yeah. Oh no more structure our show. Oh no. no. <laughs> so, uh, I want to start by asking. Um, how did you feel about the season? 
I, you know, I, I certainly feel like, it's like asking a fish, how do you feel about water? I think maybe I've even. You're just not that. aware of it anymore. It's just, it's just like, you know, again, it's, it's like. It's what, everything what, and nothing at the same time. I, it's your lifeblood and you never think of it. I look back to when I was in high school and what I was doing. And in my memories, it's kind of just like, yeah, you know, marching band practice, you know, getting ready for the speech and debate tournament, recording a grunt work podcast about season four of home improvement, because I've, because for my whole life, I've been talking about season four of home improvement. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel, I feel better about the season than uh-huh. i feel about the last season honestly in terms of out and out quality this is probably the best season yet i doesn't I, yeah feel i feel that way when we look mm. at how few of these episodes we actively enjoyed but yeah you compare it to season one where they were still getting their sea legs yeah season three which is active where tim is actively bad yeah. and we hated it and season two the character not t- not that yeah, tim is yeah. a bad actor tim yeah. allen a bad, but the character was more yeah. toxic than normal. Tim Allen remains a great actor. Tim yeah. Allen, the character, was so unlikable Tim and unpalatable. Tim, Tim Taylor, yeah, I'm sorry. Whatever. <laughs> Look, it's already hot in the apartment. God forbid we should ever record in a cooler climate. I won't have something I can blame all of my mistakes on. Uh, Tim Allen, the actor, is extremely talented. Yeah. Tim Taylor, the character, always problematic, especially problematic in 3. But no, I don't know. So this season was probably the best one thus far, just in the, the supporting, you know, they've done a lot of cool stuff with the supporting cast. Yeah. We and we had a couple of episodes that were really stellar. Yeah. But uh, so I feel generally good about it. At the same time, um, just took it, forever. It just took so long. So I guess my complaint is more about the our podcast and our scheduling <laughs> than it is about the show. It's not the show's fault. Yeah. How, how do you feel about this season? Uh, very similarly, similarly to you. Yeah. Um, I thought it was. Yeah, it's definitely an uptick from season three and. I was heading into season four. I was dreading it a little bit yeah. coming off of season three. I'm actually looking forward to season five and, yeah. and kind of seeing what comes next. We're, we're on top of the mountain and we're climbing down the mountain every season. after. That's this. right. Yeah, we are at the halfway point. Um, so, uh, you know, they, there were some changes this season that, uh, you know, we got the hardware store. Yeah. You know, new locales, new recurring characters. Yeah. Uh, some some recurring characters were kind of uh, disappearing. Yeah. You know, Marie was big in season three. She only had a few episodes this season, and we haven't seen much for uh, in the second half of the season. Yeah. Uh, she's kind of been replaced by Sherry Hussey playing Eileen. Yeah, actually, like, Eileen has sort of grown, and Marie has kind of shrank. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been an interesting change. And, you know, I like that we're getting more... Uh, locales that we're doing more on location stuff, it kind of gives it a a fresh break from, you know, episode to episode rather than just, like, I feel like those first two seasons, it was like the Taylor living room, the garage, tool time. Yeah. Um, Uh, Hang on. Sorry. There's been some Viet Cong activity, so the Air Force is just coming through to napalm some people. (laughs) Charlie Sheen's out there. The doors is playing. It's it's great. We're going to be fine. The horror. Continue. Um... But yeah, those are my general thoughts about how I felt about the season. There were, you know, some really high highs and there were one or two lows, but for the most part, it was just kind of a, a steady heartbeat, you know, down the down the center. Yeah. So basically, I think we're agreeing that the show has has plateaued. Uh, a plateau. That's a good word for it. I mean, and normally you think of that as a bad thing. But for us, given that before there were a lot of severe dips, it's like, OK, yeah, this is a floor that yeah. we're excited to see the show grow from. Well, there's still a lot of dips. 
but uh, but yeah, they're mostly characters. Yeah, they're and and usually it's Tim. <laughs> Tim, Tim is always a dip. Yeah, um, dip. I don't but, know why I said that. Like Jill, but not a dip and dot, which is a delicious alternative to ice cream. <laughs> Although not as good as just having ice cream. Yeah, um, and actually worse than frozen yogurt. Well, so let's let's continue this a little bit. I'll, I'll probe a little further. Uh, get ready. Get the lubricant. Oh, uh, God. No, you went there what, so early. What, what alien I don't know. species are you, sir? <laughs> it's, you know, you, you fall back on the easy stuff when you don't have a, a joke in the, the canon. That, that's good. The old, the old joke canon? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, how do you think your relationship to home improvement has changed this season? Oh, God. I mean, I, how is my relationship? I mean, I think it's become less... It has certainly become, it's less like me trudging off to school every day, and it's more like me going to work every day. Mm-hmm. Like, going to, like... I don't see, know, I, well, that analogy confuses me, because both could be bad in a different way. And that's the thing. <laughs> so, I season three, I would equate to going to school, in that I never really liked school, I didn't mm. like going to school... I never wanted to go to school, and I didn't like being there. Season three was very much like, oh, God, I'm going to hate this. This is going to be bad. I don't really, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't love working. I don't love having a job. Also, I haven't worked in an office in nearly four years, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But, you know, when I, like, it's, it's, I equate it now to, like, having a job where it's like, you don't really hate, you know, you like your boss just fine. There's some coworkers there who you enjoy. It's a decent enough work environment. And it's just like, ah, yeah, going to work today, you know, take my lunch pail, I'm going to go in and yeah. do, do my time. And it's like... Uh, yeah, you know, I enjoy making the podcast. I enjoy gassing on and bullshitting about the show with you. Actually, the active act of turning on an episode of Home Improvement, I don't have affection for the show in a major way. Like, yeah. I don't have the sort of, uh, you know, I don't get You're not exci- chopping at the bit to watch it like an episode of Cheers. I don't, yeah, I don't get excited to watch Home Improvement. I'm glad we're doing this podcast yeah, about like it. I'm, like, I'm glad that I'm revisiting this thing that I was excited to watch as mm-hmm. a kid. But yeah, you know, the the... the has the joy of home improvement been sucked out of it by the process of doing this? I won't be, I won't lie. I will say yes. <laughs> but, you know, I, I feel similarly, but I, I kind of feel like home improvement is irrelevant to that equation. You put put any piece of media, you know, sitcom, movie, what have you, in place of home improvement, and it would kind of be the same thing. Yeah. And it's the, the act of deep analysis uh, and the slow trudging um, that is, you know, the res- you know causes the results here yeah I, I was actually thinking about that recently just the fact that you know yeah this concern that maybe we're being unfair to home improvement or like if any of the writers to home improvement listen to this and hear us bagging on their their show or their episodes whatever they wrote like i have no uh no ill will uh towards the show itself or to anybody who wrote for the show yeah. or anyone that, that worked on it like i'm you know at no point in doing this have we ever been like i i don't want to drag anybody for working on this or like if there's an episode that somebody wrote that we really singled out and didn't like you know a job is a job and a show and a thing that gets written gets touched by a whole lot of people and considerations are made for editing and and time and, mm-hmm. and network executives having notes so like i'm not you know I have no ill will towards anybody who made any of this show whatsoever, and I hope that it never comes across that way. I just think that when, like, really, the biggest thing is that us, uh, the biggest thing, to, the way that we're watching this, I yeah. think, is what is what really breeds uh, a lot of our responses to it. The well, fact that we're immersing right. ourselves this deeply. We have to spend time with it. Yeah, you know, in so a way when that you, the intended audience did. Exactly. Yeah. So when you get a character like Benny, who I particularly don't 
care for. Yeah. And we have we're in a position where we have we're forced to take notes and analyze and come up with a comment about him. Yeah. Just makes the like if I was just watching a 22 minute episode and like he annoyed me for a second, 22 minutes is over. I move on to the next thing that I'm kind of passively watching and I yeah, don't even sending, think about it. You're sending a fax. <laughs> you're buying uh, you're, you're buying a Mossimo hat to wear. You're installing a car. You're putting phone. me back in 1995. When yeah, exactly. I see. Okay. Doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're opening a newspaper to read about the latest turns in the OJ Simpson trial. Yeah. Um, so that's a big part of it for me. And I, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, no, no. I mean, also just, you know, our, you know, the position that we're in of, of how we react to a character like Benny, you contrast it with the position the writers were in and they were writing all these Benny bits that pissed us off. Their position is we have like five days to write this thing. We yeah, need jokes right. now. We, there's a certain set of things we're not able to do because of these limitations yep. placed on us. And if we fail to do it, if we take too long to do it, millions of dollars are wasted. We mm-hmm. lose our jobs. Hundreds of people who are depending on this job for a paycheck lose yeah. their jobs. So, I mean, you know, when we, yeah, yeah, we, we have, we have created the conditions that have made us <laughs> miserable with this show. If we were just, yeah. if, if this podcast was just us cracking a beer or lighting a joint and watching an episode of Home Improvement and then doing something else and we never made a podcast about <laughs> it, that would be, we would enjoy the show a lot more. Yeah, yeah. The, I'm on kind of a, a different side of you a little bit in that I'm more concerned I'm not even concerned it's just our criticism I'm always uh, cognizant that the people that might be listening to us are listening because they like home improvement and then we are somewhat criticizing it from time to time (laughs) somewhat and from time to time Landon (laughs) well Well, I mean what do you think the bulk of our show is there's I mean we do a lot of theme songs yes and we do talk about cheers a lot we we joke around I mean there's a difference between taking a a bit of the show and then riffing on it and then there's another thing of criticizing a shitty action that a character is doing yeah 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 uh and you know so that's I'm less concerned about you know Producers got paid. This is something 20 years in their past. They don't give a shit what we're saying, you know. Uh, But, you know, the people that are tuning in now, like, uh, that's one thing that I'm always a little, as I said, cognizant of is like, I don't want to sound like we're hate watching. And we we say this, I think, in every every super spectacular where it's like, this turned a little bit, but we're not hate watching. Yeah. You know, it's just the the nature of the beast of, of what we're doing requires a level of. We're we're justifying this a lot, aren't we? I don't know why we're spending I, I, I know, so much time on this. I think I think every good podcast starts with like a ten minute recap of what <laughs> what like the the deeper philosophical reasoning of why the podcast exists, or just trying to justify our insecurities. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah. Uh, well, we have plenty of insecurities, but I I do want to mention my relationship with home improvement has changed pretty drastically. Oh yeah. So you know, longtime listeners might remember that. Um, you know, my reverence for this show when we first started came because I had a lot of nostalgia for it. Yeah. You know, I had mentioned that this is the first, maybe the only show that I watched on broadcast television from its pilot episode to its season fin- series finale. Uh, I mean, it was an integral part of my most impressionable years. Yeah. And that nostalgia wore off by the end of season two. Yeah. Season three was a trudge and I'm like maybe this is an aberration now that we're halfway through I have no real heartfelt nostalgia for it anymore 
I'm curious if that will come back into play down the line yeah. or if I, you know, like 10 years from now, I'll look back on home improvement and my nostalgia will be for doing this podcast. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, most likely that, I mean, now this podcast is forever ripped up in our impression, or wrapped up in our impression <laughs> of home improvement. Rip, we're ripping up this podcast like the Ten Commandments um, because they were written on computer paper and you just ripped them up just instead of smashing matrix, them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it took forever to print those things. Oh my God. But it was a very satisfying sound. <laughs> and, then, and then he ripped he ripped off the, uh, the, the little, you know, the punch Sprocket hole paper holes, on the sides. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to turn into this question now. Yeah. Watch me turn. I'm transforming right now oh, in man. front of your eyes. Like a, like a robot in disguise. <laughs> like a podcast in disguise. We're halfway through. Yes. I think we've seen... Living on a true. <laughs> I think we've seen enough change to try to ascertain this question. Yeah. Where do you think Home Improvement's going from here? I, I don't know. I don't know how you answer that. I mean, well, A, you know because you've watched the entire thing through. I don't at this point. Look, I think it's going... A lot of the temples that I remember have come and gone so we're at a point now where like i have i know a few episodes that are coming yeah but i don't remember the like tone of it all i i, I know where home improvement's going okay here's where i think home improvement okay. is going tell me we were talking earlier before the mics were on or maybe they were on i don't know but how the show is basically kind of plateaued yeah like how the first and few... we said that two minutes ago on there we did we say that on air <laughs> wow <laughs> How long have we been talking? Since uh, January. Oh, Jesus, I guess so. <laughs> Time itself is folding in on itself. Okay, the show is plateaued. Yeah. Uh, plateaued. And plateaued. It is, it is it's turned, plateaued. In, it's turned into a toad. Um, and you have to kiss it. Uh, no, but the, sh- the show is basically at this point where, on, in terms of the, the production and the crew, people have been doing this show for four years, yeah. so they've got all the systems in place for, okay, you know, it takes this long to build a set, it takes this long to set this thing up. Mm-hmm. Like, the show is now a well-oiled machine in terms of production, and it also in terms of the writing process. They've now kind of figured out what's worked, they're building, they've built out the side characters, they're starting to explore stuff with the side characters, they've yeah. got a solid set of running gags. They're not even falling, you know... Uh, the, the show has kind of found a niche that fits. I think what's ahead is, because now this is at this point where this is the most popular show in America, which it yeah. is for the rest of its run. It's just more of this. Yeah. It's just more seasons like season four, which was a perfectly agreeable season, way better than, like, they definitely retooled after three because of, I think, some of the reasons that we had problems pun with. Unintended. They hurt. Oh, God. Oh, that is a pun. Oh. <laughs> Apparently unintended. Yeah, no, completely unintended. I, if, if the pun was intended, I would have paused wink, wink, before. Nudge, nudge. I would have uh, <laughs> I would have made, made sounds and noises. It's impossible. You'll know when I intend a pun, Landon. I point arrows to that shit. Uh, I'd I, rather you point arrows than point a pun at me. Pun That was a gun pun and it didn't quite work. Yeah, that's more That's more like it rhymes with the word gun. <laughs> That's that's not that's rhyming. A, that's rhyming a rhyme. Puns not, are different. Th- yeah, not, yeah. God Almighty. Oh boy. Go ahead. Okay. I think that the. I'm sorry. Now I'm just so befuddled by the fact that that you <laughs> that I forgot I, that I'm forgetting stuff that I said two minutes ago, and you're forgetting parts of speech and wordplay uh, definitions. Do you know who I am? Uh, no. Well. Actually, though, you 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 kind of screwing screwing up words is a fairly yeah. uh, like I I remember that about you. I know that you're Landon because of that. And if you start asking me who what the boys' names are, then you'll know who I am. <laughs> uh, I, I so yeah, I think that the the show is just this. Like it's yeah. found a groove that works for it. I think the the future of the show is this. Do you feel differently? Well, uh, not particularly. I I think that's 
going to be fairly true. Um, there's one thing that one of our uh, listeners has said on on Twitter, um, a patron of ours, mm-hmm. uh, Mason, said that uh, from here it becomes more of a family show. And I didn't exactly know what that meant. Yeah. But as I look at the components that are in place, the kids are going to go through their teenage years. Oh, yes. Buckle the, in. You know, so there's going to be a lot of change. I would imagine there's going to be a lot of boy-centric episodes. <laughs> because there haven't been already. <laughs> and so what What I think I initially thought when he um, mentioned that was that it was going to take a turn into, like, family value stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know, more than it already has been. Yeah. Uh, but I think it'll probably keep the same amount of family value that mm-hmm. we've seen thus far. <laughs> More, more family values for your money, though. <laughs> I think it'll just be more uh, specifically issue focused. Of like, you know, I know there's not to not to spoiler alert uh, to you, or you know, if you for if you want to plug your ears, if you want, yeah, for this earmuffs. basically plotless show that we watch, there's gonna be a, a marijuana episode. Oh fuck yes! <laughs> okay, I'm gonna get high before we record that one. <laughs> there's gonna be. Uh, well, there's the big cancer episode. Ah, yes. You know, so I see stuff like that where there's going to be the, the more dramatic side and the more comedic side of dealing with three teenage boys and what does that look like and how does their dynamics change and yeah. Jill, you know, getting a job and blah, blah, blah. Like, um, so it's going to be taking bigger issues and dealing with it in the same kind of tone that we've seen, which is where I agree with you that it's going to be more of the same just with – Kind of bigger, more specific issues. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, honestly, bring it on, I say. Better better that than episodes that just revolve around Tim fucking things up all the time. Let (laughs) let Tim fuck up around a meaningful time. Like, if it it anchors every episode in more of a a topic, then I say let's go for it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, And considering that now, I mean, they're all part of the Disney family, but officially... And the Fox family now, too. (laughs) Officially at the end of uh, season four... JTT has done Lion King. Uh, Tim Allen has done the Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, we just saw Man in the House. I mean, they're like part uh, of the Disney family. We now. saw Getting Even with Dad. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor Thomas very clearly gets even with his dad. Getting Even with the Man of the House. Yes, there you go. That's it. <laughs> man of the House will always be the Tommy Lee Jones movie about living in a house full of cheerleaders <laughs> who are being hunted by the mob. Um, Man of the... Even with dad, it doesn't work. We're going to... Um, yeah, are you just hoping that I'll edit that out? Because I have bad news for you, Landon. <laughs> I will be surfing Twitter and not paying close attention at this point in the editing process. Uh, okay. Well, let's... Um, I think we've been talking long enough that... Uh, let's get into so, the, so good night, folks. Let's get, let's get into the crux of the episode. I have some stuff that I want to cover about looking forward, uh, about season five and yeah. beyond and whatnot. Yeah. But let's do that uh, before we get to the outro. Okay. We're, l- listen to this, guys. We're just... Uh, we're producing on the fly here. Yeah. That's what you have to do sometimes. That's, that's why The Producers was such a popular Broadway <laughs> musical and subsequent film, because people wanted to see what producing looks like. There's lots of musical numbers involved, and Nazis sometimes. <laughs> Probably more often than you think. Yeah, actually, yes. Especially especially if you're a producer for uh, the New York Times. <laughs> um, why don't we go... Because they interview lots of Nazis. Okay, I'm sorry, yes. Into uh, favorites. All right. Just jump right in. Okay, yeah. Uh, so Usually we, we start in the shallow end and work our way to the deep end. Let's go in the deep end. 
Yeah. And uh, we'll just we'll get waterlogged and walk our way to the shallow end. All right. That that works that works for me. On a day like today, recording, might I add, uh, not at Landon's apartment, but at my girlfriend's apartment where there is a pool just outside. The diarrhea pool, as uh, listeners might remember. Now, now again, that's misleading. That suggests a pool filled with liquid human excrement. Yeah, this that's is, what I'm saying. Th- <laughs> we we would smell that. The, the listeners I do. would smell that. <laughs> this is a pool. No, see, it's the irony of it is that this, they've taken such pains to keep this pool from being filled with human excrement. They've posted signs all over it. It's a little suspicious how many precautions they're taking to avoid diarrhea. I, as if there has been in the past some sort of really bad diarrhea incident <laughs> me thinks the swimming pool doth protesteth too much <laughs> um yeah so also it makes me think i'm sorry just to keep talking about the swimming pool which which for those of you who have not heard previous episodes where we are recording by this pool there is a there are multiple large prominent signs in a really weird font saying people who have had diarrhea in the past two weeks are not allowed to get in the pool. <laughs> and this makes me think about all the pools that I've been to where those signs haven't been posted. And I'm like, wait, should that sign have been yeah, there? Yeah, where, where's the problem? Is it the one that has the sign or the one that doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> are these people just really anal about diarrhea? Now that was a pun. Oh my God. And you almost pointed and poked my eye out. Yeah, because because I, you know, I point an arrow at it and it is your eye. So we're talking about our favorites. Yeah. We're talking about the favorite. And um, so we're diving into the deep end, but in the deep end, we're going to go to the shallow part of the deep end and then get to the deep part of the deep end before getting to the shallow part of the shallow part. Uh, what I mean by that is... Let's Hello start, in there, Landon. <laughs> let's start with the easiest favorite. Okay. Favorite cameo. And the reason that this is the favorite is because there were only three cameos. Yeah. Uh, and to differentiate for you guys, favorite cameo is a person playing themselves. Yes. Uh, favorite guest star is an actor playing, you know, a guest star on an episode. Yeah. So there are only three cameos. They all appeared in the same episode in the same segment. Uh, and they are the three players from the Detroit Lions. Uh, David uh, Krieg, Kelvin Pritchett, and Chris Spielman. Yeah, so which one of those three was your favorite? Now, do you remember the the segment? Uh, they all had their Thanksgiving foods yes. that they'd made. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So which one of those is your favorite? <laughs> oh, well, it's easy. It's just... <laughs> yeah. Okay. My favorite was none of them. <laughs> they were all equally bad, and I, not, none of them exceeded well enough to... Uh, the, uh, like, I remember us recording about it, or uh-huh. watching it. These guys are aggressively bad at acting. They shouldn't be on this show. I, I'm going to have to press on you, though. You have to choose a, a favorite. Fucking make me. Uh, Fucking make me, I'm gonna. Dude. Well, okay. Let me just set my glove. I'm taking the gloves off. Oh, and he's taken off his earrings and all of the all oh, of look, the. Look, I'm listening to my tie. Yeah, he's taken off all of the rings that he wears. <laughs> uh, take take you know, I taken out his weave. Uh, okay. Um, I I'm gonna. I, here's mine. Uh, I don't know the guy's name. I I don't know who was who. Yeah. But the guy that had the stew. The guy with the stew. All right. Did one of them have a seven layer dip? Yes. Okay, I like seven layer dip, so that guy. Okay, great. We did it. I wow, we are we are to call this half assing would be That was my kazoo. That was a that was more like a sad trombone meets meets a kazoo. Trombone. There you go, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> I mean this we're like eighth assing it at this point. 
<laughs> All right. Favorite cameo. Well, I mean, cameo didn't give us much this time. Yeah, let's. Okay. We don't know sports, and there were only three people from a team that was 25 years ago that I don't know about. I call it the perfect storm of of <laughs> like that that evades all of our interests, slipping beneath the radar. Okay. Uh, let's move up a, a notch here. Favorite Bam. guest star. Favorite guest star. Uh, so for this, I'm gonna just run down the list. Uh, the criteria for this was um, the criteria collection, if you will. <laughs> God, I wish. Well, this is a collection of criteria, so <laughs> it is correct. Uh, the criteria for this is that they had to be a guest star, you know, with a line that mm. they had a character name and were pivotal to the episode. That's correct. So this isn't just going to be somebody in the audience uh, saying a single line. Right, yeah. It's somebody who's who's made a more substantial contribution. Yes. Yeah. Okay, with that in mind, uh, I got a list here, and I'm just going to run through it really quickly. Uh, Mary Angela Pino, who played Marie... Yes. Uh, which we talked about earlier. Yes. Uh, Al Fan, who played Felix the Plumber. He's mm-hmm. been with us since season one. Uh, Blake Clark as Harry, a new recurring character who owns the hardware store. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, Jim Laboria, who plays Benny, another recurring character. Um, <clears throat> Andy McAfee. She played uh, Beth, uh, JTT's first crush. Yeah. Uh, William O'Leary, who plays Marty. <laughs> Marty. Marty. Yeah, you said Morty, which is from a different Marty. show. Marty. No, it was kind of an accent I was doing. Oh, I see. Marty. It was kind of like a old Christopher ah, Lloyd. Marty. 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 Oh. I don't even know what we're doing. We're not even doing just, impressions of anything. We're just yelling Marty at we're each do, other. We're doing impressions of, a, of, of an idea. <laughs> this is the premium content you pay for. Oh, well, uh, this actually isn't. People get this for free. This I know, is, but this is like the we're using papers. Patreon funds to support the show. Okay, unsubscribe. <laughs> Uh, Sherry Hussey, who plays Eileen, Al's girlfriend. Oh, come on, Eileen. Uh, I put these two together. James Cromwell and Julie Cobb as the New Wilsons. Yes. <laughs> Which would be a great name for a band. <laughs> I agree. They perform behind a fence. Uh, Dick Acoustics o- are terrible. <laughs> Dick O'Neill, who played Art Leonard, the old, uh, uh, shop teacher. Mm-hmm. Remember that episode? Yeah, oh, I remember that episode. He got the bad arthritis. Uh, Jensen Daggett, who plays Nancy, uh, also plays in... Jason Takes Manhattan. Jansen Daggett. Bounty Hunter. M. Emmett Walsh. Uh, plays the Colonel. Jill's dad. Yeah, and he was also in Blood Simple as that evil private investigator. And he was also in uh, The Jerk as the crazy, crazy stalker shooter. Who hates those cans. Who hates those cans. Get away from the cans. And he also plays Nicolas Cage's co-worker in like two scenes in Raising Arizona. <laughs> He's in a million movies. He's got the fucking head <laughs> in one hand and a sandwich <laughs> in the other. And Emmett Walsh is my pick for uh, my favorite guest star in the movie Raising Arizona. <laughs> Uh, Jay Leno as Jay, the auto mechanic. Yeah. Uh, and he's the mechanic for Papa Mia, played by Bruce McGill. Uh, Mickey Jones is the only... Now, I didn't get this until I put this list together. K&B Construction did not appear this season. Oh, shit, you're right. We really lost the K&B dude. a single time, but Mickey Jones has, uh, as Pete... Do you think that the band broke up and now basically Mickey Jones is like doing solo stuff? It's like Paul Simon. Or like, <laughs> yes. Like Mickey Jones is out. He's like doing wings now, basically. <laughs> he's, he's making his own kind of construction yeah. site, food and music and, and cleaning supplies. <laughs> what do you think uh, Rock's uh, solo career is? Is he, is he more like, uh, is he George Harrison or is he more like Ringo? 
Uh, I, I feel like he's more. I feel like he's more of a Ringo, definitely. Or, <laughs> or to to compare it to uh, say television and people who leave a successful organization and try and go it on their own. He's like David Caruso, who really thought he was going to have a film career <laughs> after one season of uh, NYPD Blue. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on, Mark L. Taylor, the ironically named, uh, played Burt Russell, um, who played the father of Michelle, who was played by Kimberly Cullum. She was the. Um, the girl that JTT had a crush on who sprained her leg. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And her father who got angry about it. Yeah. Uh, next up is another duo, Dave Chappelle and Jim Brewer. Probably some of our biggest, or at least yeah. Dave Chappelle is one of our biggest uh, stars. Uh, before they were star uh, guest stars that we've had. Playing yeah. characters named, ironically, Dave and Jim. That's yeah. not ironic. It's just no, unoriginal. No, they just named them after who they were. <laughs> that if you, if you look at The Office, ironically, a lot of the, the supporting characters on that have the same names as the actors who play them. I wonder how that happened. <laughs> it was a complete coincidence. Yeah. Wow. Well, actually, well, no. They wrote, in, they wrote in the names of all those characters, and they were like, okay, casting department, we need to cast people. <laughs> who, we need to cast actors who have the same first names as all these characters. <laughs> It does. It won't look like a proper documentary otherwise. Yeah. That would be an interesting way to cast, though. Oh, if by interesting you mean bad, uh, yeah, like. Well, if you're looking for a diverse group of people and you come up with just a list of first names and you're like, because that really narrows down the playing field. Because it's like we need a character uh, like this that has this name. That would give you like maybe two people. <laughs> so then you're like, well, between these two, I'll pick this guy. Yeah, I mean, I get. I I, I see it more as like. I can see Steven Soderbergh doing that for, like, some experimental movie, like, okay, we're going to record the whole thing on an iPhone, and we're only going to cast it with non-actors based on first names that we find in the phone book that we've selected ahead of time. And then that would come out, and people would be like, no, oh, well, I guess we appreciate Steven Soderbergh doing that, but I feel like it would have been a better use for this four and a half million dollars. <laughs> All right, we got two left. Uh, Tootie Roche, uh, Mr. Karn's wife. I prefer 3D Roche. Just, you know, it's more immersive that way. She played Carrie, Jill's uh, sister. Mm -hmm. And lastly, Beth Dixon, who uh, played Judith Harbour, Wilson's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's our list for guest stars. Clearly, there were plenty of others. I, I had two really hard nixes I had to do. Yeah. Uh, Lucy Liu, who played an audience member. Yes. And my my heart, my soul, my everything, Michelle Williams. Yeah. Uh, you who couldn't, couldn't just do appeared in a post-credit scene? You know, it was a bummer, but you know, not very much a guest star, just kind of a walk-on role. Yeah. So they didn't make the cut. Did you nix at night, or was it during the day that you had to nix those? Uh, it was at night. Okay. And uh, in case you're wondering, I didn't nix off. I nixon. <laughs> nixon. on. I know. I'm, I'm laughing at it. Nix. I'm not laughing loudly, so the mic can pick it up. But I, it's <laughs> funny, Landon. You're not a crook. Um, <laughs> So, so those that's our list of favorite guest stars. Um, do you have a favorite, sir? Uh, I do, yes. Uh, do you want me to just go? Just, I do want you to go. Okay. Just go. Just go? Go. So, it's uh, this is not meant as an endorsement of his current work, but my favorite guest star, Dave Chappelle. Mm. I thought his bit, would, I, I mean, I, I, you know, certainly... The, the again the bit that he and Jim did was basically a remake of an episode from season one, and two dudes complaining about all these things they hate about their girlfriends isn't really great TV. Yeah, but they they 
it just his performance was so funny and the way his character gets kind of lost in role-playing a woman <laughs> right. and kind of loves it a little bit too much uh, was really funny to me. Yeah, and yeah. I felt like that he stood out in a way that other um, other guys didn't, other uh, you guest tell stars didn't. that there was something there beyond just a walk-on role, yes, right? Yes, yes. It wasn't a seasoned actor stepping into a role like M.M. at Walsh where you're yeah. like, okay, clearly you have the experience, that's why we're casting you. This is kind of a young ingenue that you could tell was going somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't really like the place that he went to based on his most recent special, but... Uh, Are you talking I, about the, the one with the trailer narrated by Morgan Freeman where he's walking through the desert? It came out like two weeks ago. Yeah, maybe that's the one that I mean. I didn't. I wasn't aware of the trailer. I'm just. I don't know what the trailer for it was. I just know one came out where it's basically just him saying like, "Hey, audiences today don't laugh at the same stuff they laughed at 15 years ago. That's fucked up, man. Society's wrong." Yeah, I I stopped watching his most recent one when he started talking about. But you know, some people should kill themselves. Yeah, I was like, I'm done, man. Yeah, I I don't care if you're you're being uh you know an evocateur. If or that's I your, think, I think you mean a provocateur. Uh, e- no, I meant evocateur. Oh, okay, okay. Fine. <laughs> I say what I mean, even if it's completely wrong I and s- nonsensical. You're saying you say sabotage, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, just to make the point that we're all too sensitive, and you know that it's ruining comedy to take the antithesis approach because of that. Yeah. Fuck you. I mean, people are suffering. There are things going on. We need to address things and to laugh. At people, which is what, you know, you can laugh, whatever. Why am I doing a criticism of Dave Chappelle? That's your choice for... Well, because I just promoted Dave Chappelle by saying that he was my MVP. But you said in lieu of his uh, recent stuff. I'm just saying don't go watch it. Despite his best efforts recently, I still like him in this. And if I can implore listeners not to support his new special, I want to do that. Everybody go watch Nanette instead. (laughs) Uh, Interesting. Okay, so so what about you? Dave Chappelle. You know... This was, uh, uh, oh, you know what? I, I skipped over somebody. I skipped over one because I wanted to mention her. Francesca P. Roberts. Who was? We have Marge coming back as uh, the nurse at the ER. Oh, right, yes. Who just inhabits her role so well. I just, I, I love her whenever she's in an episode. Yeah. Um, she isn't who I pick, but yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to it just. It doesn't change much. I forgot but still to mention give, her. give her due. And clearly, I'm like, Trying really hard not to choose uh, Jansen Daggett because I can't choose her because she was in Jason Goes or Jason Takes Manhattan, or because of her awesomely weird name. <laughs> um, so my choice is actually Tootie Roach. Tootie, okay, okay. Uh, not Carrie. Yeah, not to not to stack the deck or you know not to kind of nepotism it because Richard Karn has been so good to us this season. Yeah. Um, I honestly feel like she was the perfect choice for Jill's sister. I mean, yeah. she, there feels some, like something genetic there. Mm-hmm. You know, you it actually feels like their family, you know, and, and they play that kind of estrangedness that there's a layer to it of, you could just cast somebody and they can play the kind of stranger aspect. Like, we don't know each other. Yeah. But to play estrangement means you have to have some sort of connective tissue that is underneath that. Yeah. And stranger things, sort of. Like a <laughs> connective tissue that takes you upside down. Oh, okay. I'm, not I'm, familiar, I'm sorry. I'm not, I, a, I'm not you, a stranger things head. You were, spe- you, were, you were talking seriously about your opinions, and I had to come in with a dumb joke, otherwise people <laughs> will stop listening. But, no, but How you get, evocative of you. Uh, there, now you see, 
That's actually that's actually correct. Um, but no, no. So she she gives us some. You feel like there's actually a familial connection there. Yeah, between them yeah. When they're on screen, and there's a lot to uh, for her to to play in that episode. You know, I don't I don't think the episode itself is structured very well. I think it could have gone deeper. <laughs> it but, goes for a lot of these. Yeah. Um, but I think that what was there, you know, to play this kind of. Uh, insecurity and to play kind of a unintentional bully to Jill. There's a lot there. And I think she did a great job. Yeah. Uh, and it just, I think it just so happens that she's Richard Karn's wife. Yeah. You know, I think she could have gotten the role if she just, you know, was completely unrelated to the show whatsoever. Maybe they didn't know she was Richard Karn's Maybe. wife. She took off her wedding ring and just went in there and gave a <laughs> fake name. Because anyone that wears a wedding ring is married to Richard Carney. That's you heard, you heard it here first, folks, <laughs> ladies. If you're married, J- uh, J- John Smith out in out in Scotland, uh, I'm sorry, you put a ring on that lady's finger. She's married to Richard Carn now. We don't make the rules. Uh, you know, Richard Richard Carn. It's his prerogative as king. <laughs> and uh, on that wedding ring, on the inside, would there be an inscription? Yes, there would be. And would it say Carn Corner? Uh, it would say Karn Circle, because a ring is a circle. Oh, yeah, I guess you can't have corners in a circle. That, that's a, really... That's a, square, kind of a square ring would be really uncomfortable. Yeah, it would suck, it would, unless you had square fingers. Yeah. So, that brings us to a Karn Corner. <laughs> you you were, try, you, you were trying to do a masterful segue, and I just I was. swatted it. You I did. You did real hard. Yeah. Uh, so... I thought we weren't doing these anymore, we weren't. by the way. We, we were going to... We burned Karn Corner to the ground, Landon. We did, and from the ashes... Here's what happened. I asked him a question for our last season, uh, or for our season finale, and he answered it after we recorded. So, <laughs> so and we're still going to take it? We should yeah. just, we should give him a zero on the assignment and make I, him go to summer I'm school. I'm just lenient like that. I don't this know. This is how grade inflation happens <laughs> for celebrities. <laughs> Um, okay, here's what we asked. Mr. Karn, uh, thank you so much for answering our questions this year. Uh, blah, blah, blah. As we head into our final Karn Corner, we were wondering if you had any life advice to share with your fans. Oh. And, uh, he gave us a really, really nice answer, which is, take the time to enjoy the things you have. Oh. And, as always, uh, I have to talk about the emoji, which is the, you know, the blessed hands. Um, well, you you know he is a pair of blessed hands. He's he a wonderful carpenter and a blessed individual. And, absolutely, and we were blessed to have him this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we had him in the sense that everyone on Earth has had him. I mean, we're fortunate that we interacted with him and had the benefit of him interacting back with us. So, but yeah, I guess in that regard, we're blessed. Yeah, very blessed. In fact, uh, you know, we we interacted with him to the point that. Uh, uh, I have a little something here. Oh no, you have something, huh? <laughs> Uh yeah, we have a we have a special guest here today. <laughs> oh, do we? Now? No, no, not in the not in not is in it, the studio. Did Godot finally arrive? Godot has fine. This is the episode or the the guest from from No No Godot. Oh my God! At long last, the 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 the, the, the most underplayed lo-fi theater <laughs> joke we've ever done on this podcast. Hey everybody, uh, how y'all doing? This is Richard Karn. And uh, grunt work. You know, that's that's an interesting name because grunt work, you know, gives the image that it's it's work that that um, not a lot of people want to take on. Well, these guys did that. They uh, they sussed out 
all the 90s stuff, you know, home improvement, of course, but also all the shows, you know, during the 90s. And they've asked people to talk about it. They've gone and they've, they've tracked down people that were on those shows to talk about, well, you know, their experiences and this and that. And uh, you know what? Good job. Good job. It's, it's nice to be able to have a community to talk about these kind of things without it getting you know, stupid or ugly or political or or all the things that, that can happen, you know, in this kind of online world. But uh, keep it up, you know, because sometimes you're, you're going to find things that, that people didn't realize were there. And they're going to look at it in a different light. And they're going to go, oh, yeah, that... That does, that pertains to me this way also and that way. And um, well, it's just nice to have that. It's good job, you guys. Keep it up. Oh, well, that's, that's, a, that's a wonderful surprise and very sweet of, uh, sweet of Richard Karn to, uh, uh, yeah, to reach out to us like that or to, <laughs> you know, say all those good things about us and the work that we yeah. do. Yeah, and I want to promote him, even though we've done it before in the past. Uh, before in the past, is that, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that, that uh, works. I mean, it's, you're making very clear what time frame this <laughs> happened in. It's redundant. That's what's wrong with it. Yes. Uh, that you can uh, also get a private message from him on cameo.com. Yeah. Slash Richard Karn, or just search Richard Karn once you're on Cameo, um, which is what we did, and uh, that's how we got the message. Yeah. So it, it's just been, I think it's a nice little bit of closure to all the Karn Corners that we've had over the course of the season. Yeah, yeah. Now, we rebuilt Karn Corner at a cost of millions, <laughs> and now, with this message, we can finally torch it once more. Yes. Uh, did we did we do the slow motion walk away from the explosion from Carn Corner in the past? I don't think we did. Or did we just kind of like retire it, put a velvet rope in front of it like we did with Pam's Corner? Uh, I think we velvet roped Pam's Corner. If anything, we need to reopen Pam's Corner to talk about her on The View totally uh, oh, serving Megan McCain over <laughs> Julian Assange recently. But that's another podcast. Uh, as 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 Richard Carn said, we don't, we don't want to get into all the nasty negative political stuff of this current era. Something that I have never once done. Uh no, I think that what we said we did with it in the past is we did what they do in the movie October Sky when they uh, burn down their, uh, or when they just pr purposefully destroy their little rocket launching pad. They make a Molotov cocktail <laughs> and throw it at it and hit it on the first try and it burns down, which is the most memorable thing yeah. to me from the movie that these four nerdlingers are able to throw perfectly and, and set their thing on fire. Where an archer on the Game of Thrones show is what I was saying. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the Game the of Ga Thrones show. The Game is, of Thrones show. <laughs> that's how I'm going to refer to every TV show now. The Home Improvement Show. Hi, I'm Peter Dinklage. Join me, won't you, on the Game of Thrones show. I don't know why he's Australian. Well, you know, his accent changes a lot. That is more... That that <laughs> that accent that I did for four seconds had more consistency than his <laughs> accent over the course of the show. <laughs> um... So, uh, let's step out of Karn Corner. Whether we burn it, we put a velvet rope up. Let's, let's put a velvet rope up over the burnt corner. Let's burn the velvet rope. Ooh. Burn the velvet rope sounds like a, the title for some, like a documentary <laughs> about, like, how, how the letting... end of CBGBs or yeah. something. <laughs> I think it's, a, I think it's a documentary about bouncers or, like, waiting lists <laughs> at nightclubs. It's a really douchey documentary that it's like an expose made by some New York dipshit who is angry that he didn't get let into some exclusive <laughs> club. Oh, um, let's get back into favorites. Okay. Shall we? So yeah. we covered favorite guest star. Yours yes. was uh, Dave Chappelle. Mine yes. was Tootie Roche. Yes. Um, 
I guess what we have left is uh, favorite episode. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry. I just wanted to put a little put a little uh, AM radio spin on. I that. appreciate you did because my brain shut down. That's that's, that's good. the part of the episode I'm in. Yeah. Even when even when we're not recording in your apartment, just like look, guys. The more if you learn anything. <laughs> From listening to our podcast for two years, learn that Los Angeles gets a little bit warm yeah. for most of the year. Like normal, and you know, maybe you're thinking like, "Oh, it's sunny all the time. It's great." Not when you have poorly air conditioned <laughs> and ventilated apartments. I just watched a someone do a stand up special. It might have been Jim Gaffigan. I don't know. It was someone who was like, in most places, people are looking forward to summer. Yes. In Los Angeles, it's like somebody has personally offended you. Absolutely. Summer is a, it's a sentence here. It really is. It's like you've been, it's like you have pissed off God. It's how I used to feel about winter back in Michigan. Agreed. Agreed. So, summer is kind of the winter of LA. <laughs> and and really, and because I look forward to winters here. Yeah, winters are too. dope. Winters are so great. Uh, Shall, I don't, do I, listen. Okay, guys. You li- hopefully, if you're listening to this episode, you've listened to all of our episodes. So I don't need to go through our list of episodes. Yeah, here. don't. Yeah, don't do that, dude. Let's not vamp this thing any more than we need to. But before we go to our go-to episode, our favorite episode, why don't we list a few that we've enjoyed? Yeah, I can name a few. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, just you know, a few runners up along the way. Yeah. Do you, what? What do you have that uh, isn't your favorite but you enjoyed? I mean. You know, I certainly like my dinner with Wilson, not just because we watched it recently for yeah. the uh, commentary, but also because that's a fun episode. That's a fun variation on on a theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? Don't tell Mama. That's when they drop the the beam on the car. Yeah, I like that for the history it represents. And there's also the funny bit in there where uh, like Jill is at the mechanic, and then Tim comes in, doesn't realize that Jill is there, and is trying to convince the mechanic to lie for him or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's some fun moments to that. Um, name a few of yours while I Google up what are some other episodes of Home Improvement this season. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, we've only been watching it all year long. <laughs> you can't even remember that you talked about plateaus in this episode. No, I can't, I can't. Trying to make you think back to January. I can't even remember what I talk about on other episodes of this podcast. I'm editing the, I will sometimes edit the podcast that we've recorded earlier in the day, and I'm like, I said that? Really? <laughs> Uh, some of my runners-up were, uh, Quibbling Siblings. Oh, yeah. Um, that's where, uh, Brad fills in for Al on Home Improvement, on, uh, Tool Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Randy can't, you know, stop making fun of him because he feels a little jealous and, and whatnot. I thought that was a, kind of a funny and fun episode, but it showed Tim in a very kind of positive fatherly light. Whenever you say the words stop making and then don't immediately follow them with sense, I'm always a little bit thrown off. <laughs> uh, I think my dinner with Wilson was also, you know, you mentioned that, but I would also list that as uh, a good episode. But I think the deck, the deck is stacked against it. Not the, against the, it, stacked the, for it. The, the deck is stacked against it. Dak the Shepherd deck is, is stacked against it. Re- return of the deck. <laughs> because it's such a deviation from what we're used to that it just felt like a breath of fresh air yeah as an episode on its own i don't know that it's super strong Mm -hmm. it's just that it's something different yeah um so once this whole series is over i don't know that i'll even remember it but who knows Uh, another one to jump in that i really liked Mm -hmm. no no godot simply because i you know I, i like 
taking taking them and putting them in this uh you know putting them in this theatrical kind of highfalutin environment yeah i agree and i like i like all I actually, the jokes that we got about al being the definitive potso <laughs> and I, I really liked uh scared al which we don't see when he's yes. in the prison cell and that's one of my high moments of the season yeah absolutely um, now i actually thought you were going to pick no no godot as your favorite oh i i no 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 i did not neighbor no no good no good no god see i i'm not good at the the pun game uh, I'm good at the rhyming game, yeah, which is why I do hip hop. And if the, yeah, that's exactly because you're, you're great at hip hop. Uh, you're not. You're, you're good at the pun game. You're not good at the game of knowing what puns are. I mean, you're good at the pun game when you can set the limits of what pun of what a pun is. Maybe you can change the rules that oh, uh, this sandwich is a pun. Uh, Brushing my teeth, that's a pun. Would you say that I I am at bat and I punt it? Well, no, like bunts, bunts with a baseball bat. You, okay, punting is actually a thing that you do in football. So the fact that you chose baseball to take a more circuitous route, <laughs> but but punting in football isn't the activity that is. I don't want to say half-assing it, but you know, like it's it's the the kind of low tier thing that I'm I'm more bunting my puns than I am punting my puns. <laughs> more than more than punting your buns, I think you mean. Uh, no, Landon. I think what we're what I'm learning from this is that it's just not a good pun. Like the thing you were feeling was not like a pun was not the right way to go with that. Oh, shots fired. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, you know, I don't think that's too much of a shot fired. I think that anybody would fire that shot that you did not have a good pun there. Uh, I think those are fire shots. Those are literally bullets that are on fire being shot at me. It's like something out of Borderlands 2. <laughs> yeah, upgrade your gun enough and it'll happen. Uh, all right, what else did you like, Lane? Let's I also, get out of this, this pun yeah. Okay, so neither of us chose No No Godot, which is interesting to me. Um, I really enjoyed that episode. That that would have been my second choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you one that I, I just did not like, which okay. was House Divided, the Benny episode where they oh, blow yeah. it up. Yeah. It was a great set piece, but everything leading up to it just like grated on my nerves so much. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I would agree. Great set piece. As I seem to remember, there was a solid butt in that episode as well, uh, courtesy of <laughs> Heidi. So good, good explosion, good butt, a yeah. uh, bad episode. And uh, I also want to mention, you know, I maybe should have mentioned this in the, the character actors. Um, I really like the Marty episodes. I think Marty brings an interesting... Marty! <laughs> I, I think... Keeping you on edge with it. He brings an interesting tone to the show. Uh, it brings out a different side of Tim, you it, know. It does. That I really enjoy. Yeah. And he would have been my runner-up character actor. Uh, yeah, he's, he's good. He, he, like, I like what he, I like, I like the presence of someone who was forced to grow up with Tim. <laughs> and I think that his episodes, while none of them are, would be my runners-up, I, I think that some of the high moments, I just like I, I kind of I'm filled with joy when whenever there's an episode with him. Yeah. Um. So I just want to mention that even though it's not a specific episode. Yeah. Um. But let's go into favorites. What, okay. What is your favorite? My favorite episode is called "It's My Party." Oh. Did I get yours? No. Oh, thank God. Uh, "It's My Party" was just a brilliant, brilliant episode of Home Improvement. Yeah. Uh, I think that I. I mean, it had. Uh. It had a character actor with the same name as a character on the show. That which is which is all it takes. Which is which is the only <laughs> thing that you need. That's your only caveat. Uh, no, no, no. It's like it's it's consistently funny. A lot of the humor comes from wordplay and kind of these crazy like the 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 punchlines aren't 
the punchlines aren't a lot uh, of them are the punchlines are tim being an idiot like the, not not a problematic idiot just a straight idiot yeah it's not him being uh it's not tim be it's like it's not tim being mean or cruel or a joke at someone's expense it's kind of ridiculous situations yes. that come about because of of the way tim is which is sort of a shadow of what i would have liked to have seen this whole show be like the notion that Tim polishes up the dance floor so much because he's so excited for his son's party that then a girl sprains her ankle and then the rest of the episode is Tim trying to clean up that mess. <laughs> yeah, that is ER. funnier than I think a standard and episode where it's like Tim screws up six times throughout the episode and it's just kind of like, yes. whoa, oops, on to the screws next Screws up and then tries to put up a, a false front of masculinity to you know try to deflect the blame. It's yeah. just like, and the fact that it's... <laughs> <laughs> that he found a way to more power a dance floor is kind of funny to me. I, I know exactly, um, exactly. But I, what the thing I really liked about that episode were uh, the callbacks that came into play in the emergency room. Yeah, uh, obviously bringing back Marge, you know, uh, Francesca P. Roberts as uh, that character, and some of the you know correlating jokes that came from uh, the previous ER episode. They, they gave him a mug, didn't they? Like, he had his own mug that they, that <laughs> yeah, they gave right. him when he's waiting. Yep. I mean, there's moments... There's also, like, just great bits from it. There's Tim Allen breakdancing at the end, which is so funny. There's the moment where JTT is very awkwardly kind of half-walking, half-dancing across the basement to try and talk to his crush. <laughs> right. And there, there's that whole great bit where Tim has had his pants sucked off by the floor buffer in the process of overbuffing the uh, dance floor at the same time as uh, as the uh, crush's father has arrived to meet the parents right. upstairs. And Tim is like poking his head out of the basement, not <laughs> wanting to come out and say hello. But then he ultimately does because he forgets about his pants because the guy's talking about hot rods. Like, it's just, it's like lots of really funny, good setups with like seeds that are planted earlier in the bit. And I think yeah. that and I want to. I didn't. I didn't call this out as much at the time, but I want to point out. So I think we we talked about this a little. This episode was written by Thad Mumford. Or, oh, we mentioned uh, this. Yeah, well, I know we I mentioned it because it's his only. Yeah, it's his only episode, and that's yeah. why it felt so much its thing. A, I want to point out his name is Thaddeus Quentin Mumford Jr., which is a kick-ass name. Yeah, I think I called him Tad. So Tad. Uh, well, maybe Tad is how it's pronounced. Maybe I don't who know. knows. I don't know. I, I just want to give another shout out to to this guy who wrote on you know he's he's a he's a black writer. He wrote on a bunch of different uh, bunch of different shows, and he won an Emmy award for working on the Electric Company. But I just I don't know. I really enjoyed what he brought to this episode of Home Improvement, and I re and he died uh, he died recently, and that's that's a sad thing. But I really um, I don't know. I, I just I I really found myself appreciating this guy's work and thinking like I I would be great if I could have that sort of writing career where I just do guest spots writing on a bunch of different shows and kind of bring a really cool, interesting energy to yeah. it. But I wish he had been writing on this show for longer. Yeah, agreed. I, this is definitely one of the more, you know, non-serious uh, episodes. You know, I feel like there are these kind of like light and fluffy ones that it, any show has, right? You deal with some issues or you even deal with like character arc stuff through yeah. a number of them. But there's always just one that's just like, we, we need to fill some space or we need to give the audience a break. And It's My Party is absolutely one of those and uh they're they're usually my favorites yeah surprisingly they're usually held off for like holiday episodes yeah usually so yeah. it has this has holiday energy to it yes b-h-e <laughs> big holiday energy yeah uh what about you or billy holiday energy is also the yeah, i'd be for. into that yeah um i think you're gonna be surprised by mine okay 
Is it the Hudsucker proxy? It's the Hudsucker proxy. I'm I'm delighted by this. Finally, you see the light. A little confused. It's not a home improvement episode. Nope, but not confused, only happy. The Hudsucker proxy should be everyone's favorite everything. What's your favorite food? The Hudsucker proxy. Um, favorite sports team? Hudsucker proxy. My favorite episode this season uh, is The Eyes Have It. What about glasses? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> Weird answer, weird flex. Why? What about the eyes have it? I barely remember that episode. It was another episode that didn't deal with too serious of an issue, and it didn't deal. And it, I don't know. It's it's one that the the issue isn't something that you would normally make an episode about. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the kind of uniqueness in that regard. Also, it should come as no surprise to you or any of our listeners that I'm a Mark fanboy. Yes. <laughs> so the fact that this You're is one of, one of the first like Mark-centric episodes since they've been giving him more to do. Uh, and I think he proved himself that you know he can handle these. He made his mark. <laughs> That's a pun. <sighs> mark you. M- a, mark, mark me what, though? With with a with a fuck. <laughs> okay, again, is this how this works? No, it's not how it works. You're just stabbing in the dark. <laughs> Landon, let me remind I'm you, pun is blind. a writer. <laughs> oh, you're pun blind. That's <laughs> you. I, I I you know personally, I can't see puns. The, I think that all yeah. all wordplay is equal. Actually, <laughs> the thing is, I didn't wear sunglasses when staring into the pun. You didn't wear pun glasses. We just made the same pun. Well, yeah. I think mine was pun. mine was punnier. Um. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to do people's choice uh, MV pun pun polls choice MVP MV pun uh, for who's uh, got the better pun game. Okay, I'm I, just saying. I, I I'm I'm just saying I clearly understand what puns are and can define them. <laughs> and I'm just saying we're living in a world where that's not necessarily a criteria to get you elected. So you're do, you're saying you've got alternate puns. <laughs> Exactly. I'm just examining what a pun might be, you know, and I don't like the constraints you put on it. I think I have a different interpretation of what puns are. You take a Dadaist approach to <laughs> to puns. Exactly. Just put little mustaches on all my puns. <laughs> and that's why it's hard to speak, because it has to go through the mustache, and that's why they come out so weird. And, and also uh, uh, crumbs from sandwiches and stuff get caught in there. <laughs> What, do you have more gold material for that, or do you I want do to not? It? Okay, no. good, good. The right. the eyes have it. Um, that's my choice, and I'm sticking to it. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't. I would ask you more to try and draw you out more about this episode, <laughs> but I cannot remember this episode. <laughs> I think you know. Uh, there's a, there's some you know good examples of parenting going on in this episode. Yeah. Not that that's you know super important to me generally speaking, but well, when you're so many- getting. So many bad examples on this show. Yeah, you yeah. Balance them out. Uh, and I, I really like what Mark has to go through. I mean, the stakes in terms of you know life are very minimal, but what he goes through feels very real. I'm not mm-hmm. a glasses wearer, but I, I've you know been friends obviously with people who wear glasses. How many? What percentage of people wear glasses? You? I, I don't know. It's not. It's not like I have black friends. I have gay friends. Like you. Everyone has glasses friends. Like I don't think you need to you need to flex on how many glasses friends you have. We're both nerds. Of it course just, we have glasses it friends. It feels realistic that he wouldn't want that he would do anything he could to get around the fact that he has to get glasses. You know, yeah. he he 
is doing bad in school and doesn't want to admit he has glasses. Like, I can relate to that. I don't have glasses, but I've been in situations similar to that where it's like the thing, you know, is not bad to admit, but you're conditioned to think that it is or it's shameful or you're going to get embarrassed by it or made fun of. Um, so I, I, it's just it's a unique and interesting thing that I related to. And I just, you know, I thought it was a good episode. OK, no, good for you. Now, it honestly makes me want to revisit that episode. Not enough to go back and watch it again because I'm not in the mood for that. But it makes me think, certainly. <laughs> yeah. Also, I really like uh, superfluous trivia. And I learned in that episode that linoleum comes from flax. Oh, that's the one with the big linoleum convention. That was this season. <laughs> the Vinyl Frontier. Fuck, The Vinyl Frontier. That's a really good name. Um, Cool. Okay. Okay. Favorite episodes. Well, we did it. We did it, guys. We done did it somehow. We done dude it. <laughs> Don't rate us on that, but uh, we yeah. did it. Now, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this on your shoulders. Yep. What we choose. Do you want to know what the People's Choice MVP was, or do you want us to go through our debate? Let's go. Let's go through our debates. So we're not colored by what the people think. Like okay. all, like like all leaders, we don't want to know what what other people think. <laughs> Very good. Okay, then uh, just to remind people who is in, uh, involved in our MVP, it's the primary characters on the show: Tim Allen, Patricia Richardson, Richard Carn, Earl Hinman, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Zachary Ty Bryan, Tara Noah Smith, and Debbie Dunning. Yep. So, am I just going to give my MVP? Oh, hold on. Let me just get this off the ground. This is uh, the big chopping block. Clunk. Wow. What, it's weird that it that made the sound of, of my voice. Of your voice as you set it down. That's a weird chopping block. <laughs> I know. Uh, so, we've got our chopping block. Uh, let's start putting names on it and uh, debating. Uh, of, like, who's going to get chopped? Yeah. Who's the first to get chopped? Chop, uh, chop. Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, why? I mean, we have to do our due diligence here. Uh, I mean, it's... Do I have to explain why? I mean, you know, it's just... I'm, he's he's usually our least favorite part of every episode. With all respect to Tim Allen, the actor, I don't like the character he plays yeah. on this show very much. Mm. Uh, and, and, yeah, you know, usually episodes are weaker because of his antics. Uh, I agree with you. I want to save him from the chopping block for just a second... Only because I think he's shown improvement from season three. In his home and on tool time. Maybe not on tool time. Maybe that's, he got a little more egregious there. Yeah, he got better at home. Um, So I think that there is improvement and there's a case to be made for that. Okay. So uh, I want to save him for just a moment. Okay, Debbie Dunning. Okay. Why? No, no disrespect, but she just was barely there this yeah. season. The last thing I remember was seeing her butt in those jeans going up a ladder, and I remember that uh, Brad also liked them. <laughs> and it's like, look, I mm-hmm. wish that she had more to work with yeah. in this season. I wish they gave her yeah, more to do, I agree. but she really didn't contribute much, so she cannot be considered a most valuable player as much as we like her as a person. I agree. I, I'll give the the caveat that I think, as far as the tool girl goes. Uh, compared to Pamela Anderson, I'm way more on board with Debbie Dunning than I was with Pamela Anderson. I yeah. think I even said that last season, but yeah. I think she's the MVP of the Tool Girl. Abs- that's kind of a shitty box to put her in, but uh, uh, yeah, it's to, it's damning her with faint praise. But yeah, let's let's <laughs> damn away. I say. Uh, so unfortunately, I agree with you. Okay, Debbie Dunning chopped. Next up on the block, I'm going to throw one down. Okay, throw one down. Uh, I'm going to throw Zachary Ty Bryan. Yeah. This wasn't his season. 
I I argued for him in the season that I wanted him as MVP. It didn't work out. I, in retrospect, I, I kind of regret not going with you on that season because <laughs> I think that was a better one for him, yeah. Uh, I know that he deals with more stuff in the future, so there's potential for him to come back as a future MVP, but what's the reason for taking uh, for putting him on the chopping block? I, I mean, honestly, it's just he he didn't stand out to me that much this mm. season. I saw a lot of growth from Mark. Obviously, from Jonathan Taylor Thomas, mm-hmm. but uh, not not as much from not as much from ZTB. Okay, I, like he he just you know by no fault of his own. No, no they fault just of his own. Uh, yeah, no, it's a Brad thing. Not they, exactly yeah, Brian they thing. shared the spotlight with uh, more people this season, yeah. so he kind of got um, uh, some of his spotlight went to JTT and, and Mark. I think so. Yeah. I think so. So yeah, yeah, I'm in agreement there. I think I think given the old chopperoonie. Okay. Zachary Ty Bryan is gone. Yes. Uh, throw someone down. Uh, you know, I would throw down... Um, I'm going to throw down, again, Tim Allen. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Okay, now what's your reasoning for this uh, The second round of uh, throwing him down on the chopping block? My, what, my reasoning for throwing him down again? Yeah. I, I mean, aside from the reasoning I gave earlier? Yes. I, I mean... Is I, it the same reasoning? The main the main reasoning is that you wouldn't let me throw him down right off the bat. So I'm going to throw him down now. Again, okay. We've never we've never thought that Tim Taylor was the best part of this show. He never contributes hmm. anything we really like to the show. Yeah. It is usually everyone around him. So I don't see him as the most valuable player here. Now here's a, a counterpoint to that. The other people around him wouldn't be as good if it weren't for them reacting off of him. Yeah. I, I mean, so yeah, so you're saying he's most valuable in that he is the main character on the show, that the show wouldn't exist without him, then he should win yes. it every time, shouldn't he? <laughs> like, you're right. Like, like, that's like saying, like, who's the most valuable player on this baseball team? Oh, it's 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 Alfred Baseball, the guy who invented the sport, because no one would be playing this game w- without without the existence of the game. What city is uh, the bronze statue of Alfred Baseball in? I, it's in Baseball City, obviously. <laughs> That's that's where baseball is is created, where the players are grown in in hermetically sealed tanks. <laughs> you used to play baseball, Landon. You know this stuff. <laughs> All right. For that answer and that answer only, am I going to agree to chop Tim Allen? Are are you? You are you are going to? <laughs> yes, we we are. Consider it chopped. G- consider him. Whacked. I just slap chopped that. Okay. Um, thank God. So now Tim Allen is in pieces and, uh, floating around Ew, the chopping block. That's, that's, floating around, what do you mean, space? Is this some kind of Moonraker <laughs> situation? Yep. Uh, oh my God, I'm losing my mind already. It's the, it's the only place, are you losing your mind because I made a Moonraker reference? Just because of the idea that we're, we're doing the, the podcast the, in space. All of the above. Uh, okay, next on the chopping block. I'm gonna put down, oh, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. I don't. I'm not happy about it, but I'm gonna do it. Did he did it? Patricia Richardson. I mean, she went through a lot of changes this season, um, but at the same time, we've we a we've awarded her in the past, and b I don't feel like she jumped out the like she's always great, but she didn't yeah. you know distinguish herself above and beyond. Well, yeah, and I don't want to put it on her shoulders again. I think it's just the show. What I and I've mentioned this on a previous episode that what I'm disappointed about. Uh, by no fault of hers, is that they didn't show us anything of her pursuing this new career and passion of hers. Yeah, yeah. It's always just her 
with her nose in a book and how that gets in the way of whatever Tim's trying to do. Yeah, there's really no school plots. Yeah. There's never her in, in a school setting or anything about that. And I tell you, it would have taken just one episode for me to see her in that environment and pursuing that to me, uh, to make me, you know, really on board with, uh, you know, uh, considering her for this this piece. Yeah. I think her strongest moment comes from uh, the episode with her sister. Yes. Because uh, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. You know, she has a very interesting dynamic with all of her uh, family. Yeah. And so it's always kind of interesting. It, it deepens her character every time there's someone new on. But it wasn't, it wasn't quite enough. The episode, you know, was too focused on finding the fucking stuffed animal with uh, Marty. Yeah. You know, there is a lot to unpack in that episode because their house is full of boxes. Oh, look at that. Look that's not did. a pun. That's just that's just wordplay. That's just a joke. Yes. <laughs> you know it's good because I had to explain to you I was doing it. Um, I okay. mean, yeah, I know I'm not really putting up much of a fight on this, but I honestly, the only reason I didn't throw Patricia Richardson on there sooner is out of uh, deep-seated respect for Patricia Richardson. <laughs> okay, well, let's go through uh, who we have left. Uh, Richard Karn, Earl Hinman, JTT, and Tara Noah Smith. I mean... You know what? Next one I'm going to throw on the block is Taryn Noah Smith. Yep. Explain I, yourself. I, you know, <clears throat> I think that the, Mark is coming into his own in mm-hmm. this season, and he is growing Which into is his character. Big enough for you to admit. Yeah, no, it is big for enough how for how much you've been an anti-Mark boy. Yeah, you know, because he's improving. He's he's certainly, but this isn't most improved. This is most valuable player. Yeah. Okay, and I, you know. So, yeah, I like that they're using him some... I don't know, he wasn't... A lot of the biggest moments this season didn't really have him. It's almost as though he's been kind of downplayed a bit. Maybe maybe the actor was doing more school stuff this season or something. But, uh, I don't know, like, he just... He didn't have any any big capital M moments, and I think that those are ahead of him in the, in the forthcoming four seasons. I, I would agree with you there. I think he's definitely going to have more to do in the future. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, as uh, we've covered in the past... The potential for someone to become MVP in the future isn't reason to not do it here. Yeah. The reason that I'm going to agree with you to eliminate him is that you're right. He had great moments and obviously was one of my favorite episodes this season, um, but didn't overall contribute to the trajectory of the show, the tone of the show, you know, whatever these unspoken criteria are that we are judging by here. Yeah. Um, So unfortunately, all right. Chop it. Yeah, chop it. Slap chop. That that weird guy from the ShamWow commercial. Chopping away. I think we're heading toward a real standoff a here. Yeah. Um, I have a sense of who you're going to pick. Yeah. And it's different than who I'm going to pick. Well, then throw one on the block and let's see. Okay. Uh, I feel guilty about this. I want yeah. you to know I'm racked with guilt here. Yeah, you look you look racked with guilt. You you uh, look like you, it's eating you up from inside. Can you inside. tell I'm like I'm I'm making myself into a smaller shape? Yeah, so so there's less space for me to attack. Yes, exactly. Y- you know, it's it's almost like you're about to say something bad about Hudsucker Proxy. Uh I'm putting Hudsucker Proxy on the chopping block. I'm meaning, quitting the podcast. I'm quitting life, which means you can never mention it again. Wow. I th- <laughs> Under what penalty? If it's just a fine, I'll rack up those fines. It's another. It's just like the boys' names. You have to put a dollar in the jar every time you get it wrong. uh, You know what? Okay, let me let me let me call my accountant. I can free up some funds for that. I mean, it's it's worth it for me. If you're gonna persecute me for my religious beliefs, yeah, my religious beliefs are simply stated the Hudsucker Proxy. 
then uh, then I'm going to keep practicing my religion freely, sir. Even if you charge me, therefore it's not free. Here's who I'm putting on the chopping block. Who? Richard Karn. It's it's tough, man. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Mm. I'm not like, why are you putting him on the block? For the same reason that uh, I agreed to, or not agreed that I put uh, Patricia Richardson on the chopping block. Uh, there wasn't a lot for him to do this season. He played mostly off of Tim. There were multiple episodes where he was only in a single scene. Yeah, just only tool time in it. He had amazing moments. Some of my favorite moments, not surprisingly, were from him this whole season. Him talking about Pozzo, yeah. <laughs> him in the, the jail cell. Uh, jail cell. Jail cell. <laughs> I hear that, some of that oh. Kentucky uh, bourbon down well, there. I just dab myself cell. here with my, uh, my, my, my handkerchief. Now, now, when you're in jail, things move a little slower. Kind of like some nice fine molasses there. You hear me there, son? Um, I, know, I think you're having a failure to communicate. I, <laughs> if I was choosing the grunt work MVP, yeah. I would 100% pick Richard Karn. Or yourself. No, I would not pick myself. <laughs> you run the social media page. You're definitely the MVP. <laughs> no, and I would still pick Richard Karn over myself. Uh, okay, well, he did do that very nice video message for yes, us. Yes, and, uh, and he's been very kind to choose all, you know, answer all of our questions this season. But by the nature of the show and what has transpired, I'm, I'm putting him on there. So, rebuttal. My rebuttal is him talking about Pozzo is really funny. But I can't defend him that vociferously because, honestly, I would have put him on the block eventually, too. Mm-hmm. Jenny from the block. Um, I mean, I love Richard Karn. I really do. And he's usually an MVP. But, in the, like, I think the, the surest sign, like, the biggest thing I agree with you on is, like, there's a shitload of episodes this season where he's only in the tool time segment. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think the reason that we choose him as – or have chosen him as MVP in the past is because he's such a counterweight to Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that has been spread around a lot this season, that that counterbalance mm-hmm. to a bunch of other people. So um, I don't feel like he's the only person on the show that that balances it, you know, because that does make him the most valuable. It makes that person who is balancing the show the most valuable person. Otherwise, it just tip in the other direction. Yeah. Um, so are we saying goodbye to Richard Carney? I were saying good. Yeah. Oh, man. Goodbye, Carney. It's been nice. Listen, listen to that. That's my heartbreaking. Uh-huh. That's what it sounds Ooh, like. God, I didn't know my. I need <laughs> to cut down on cholesterol. Yeah, no, you need to talk. Yeah, talk to your doctor if your grunt lasts more than uh, four hours. We're down to the last two, and I think we're on opposite sides of the fence. Pun intended. Poke your eye out with my finger ouch, pointing. Ouch. Yeah, actually, Landon, I think that counts as a pun. Good <laughs> yeah, job. Yay. I just put my hand in the fan. Yeah, and then, then we showered in blood instead of confetti. <laughs> We're down to Earl Hinman and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. It's your turn to put somebody on the chopping block. Well, the chopping block is made out of wood, like a fence, which is why I would put Earl Hinman on the chopping block, guys. I don't like it. I, I know. Like doing it. I know you were going to do it. I feel bad about it. And then, uh, you know, he had, look. Earl Hinman showed more depth in a couple episodes in the season than he has in the entire show. We learn about his wife. We learn about his life. We learn about his potential new wife, a.k.a. his girlfriend. We learn about his strife. 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 We learn about his strife. See, I'm really good at rhymes. You are good at rhymes. Okay, you're, you're, you're right. Uh, yeah. 
Your hands are sweaty, mom's spaghetti, etc. That was you. You came up with that. I did come from Eight Mile. Yeah, I know. That's uh, you. You actually. It's like how Shakespeare actually just ripped all his stuff off. Eminem did the same with you. Um, he he had some great episodes this season, but like in terms of the most valuable player contributing the most to the show, I no, I don't think so. If anything, mm-hmm. like like he had a couple of big standout episodes, but his overall stuff was not. Uh, it wasn't as as good just on the whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, here's how I'm going to play this. Yeah. My rebuttal is I'm going to throw Jonathan Taylor Thomas down on the chopping block. You can't have two on the block at the same time. That's what's happening. Okay. There's no rules here. We're living in fucking Mad Max land. We're living in the Punderdome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas I'm putting down on the chopping block. No. Take him <laughs> off of there. He doesn't belong there. He's, he's a good boy. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor Thomas should not be on the chopping block. He is the MVP of this season. He, he comes into his own... I, and I've talked about this before. I, like, I feel like every season I'm saying, like, oh, man, he's got so much charisma. You can really see why he becomes such a big star. Mm-hmm. But, like, in this seat, like, they start giving him a lot to work with. He carries, you know, entire episodes that are kind of built around him. I'm thinking, of course, of uh, of, of the It's My Party. But then also the one where him and Jill are at the store and he's oh, embarrassed yeah. by her trying to, you know, buy jeans I've for him. I blocked that out of my head because it hit too close to home. Because of what a good performance it is, he's able to so artfully tab mm. into embarrassing childhood moments, but do it in this kind of precocious, streetwise way. Uh, I don't know. Like, he, he has mm. both this appeal to every 11-year-old girl in America at the time, if every girl I've talked about the show, <laughs> like, every 30-year-old girl I've talked about the show said she had a crush on JTT at the time. And then also, he has this appeal to adults, even now looking back at it, where it's like, oh, wow, he has this very kind of worldly sensibility, even as a little kid. You get the sense that he's wise beyond his years. Uh-huh. Now, here's what I'm going to make you do, because I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, why? I'm going to make you rebut your own argument. Uh, on, on, on whose authority, sir? <laughs> Mine. Oh, God damn it. You are the law? You're judge, <laughs> no, I'm not you're the law. Judge dreading me this here? Is a, this is a plurocracy duocracy i don't know what are the two of us uh the it's a doucheocracy if anything (laughs) yeah there you go uh i mean i guess the rebuttal to my own is the uh, is the fact that he um there's some episodes that he's not in he does not play a large role in a lot of episodes i mainly i'm mainly giving him this award on the strength of a few episodes that are jtt centric that he carries very well and a few other episodes where he is a supporting character who gets some real... Like, he has a long line of solid zingers that yeah. are both well-written, credit to the writers, and then very <clears throat> well-delivered, credit to the actor, JTT. Yeah. And I would say that there's at least one almost every episode. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that for sure. He has kind of become the norm of the show, <laughs> where they always give him one good, one yeah. good bit. Yeah. Okay. Um... So, here's my arguments. Uh, They're very personal, so you can't refuse them. Oh, Jesus. Is that how it works? (laughs) Uh, I thought that Earl Hinman's performance uh, in the two episodes that he did was so strong. And you could tell that he brought with him a level of performance that none of the other actors on the show have. Yes. Maybe it's different. Different type of experience. I I mean, it's the experience of a man who was in the movie Silverado. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that you can't you can't that can't be taught landon only the lived experiences of people in the movie silverado <laughs> or taking of pelham one two three yes or eighty thousand years on the soap opera ryan soap 
but primarily Silverado. <laughs> now, in Silverado, which I haven't seen, did he wear a bandana over the lower half of his face? Wouldn't it be great if he did? <laughs> he would have been a great bandit, but no, no, he was just a just you know one of those people in the one of those people in the western who is neither a gun-toting cowboy nor a bad guy, just one of those kind of lame people who lives in a house and needs help from the cowboys. <laughs> All right, I could kind of see that. Um, but I, I think that he plays, especially in, uh, uh, my dinner with Wilson when he's going to leave and he's talking about his wife, he plays the pathos and the comedy simultaneously with a, a level of expertise that you just don't get on sitcoms mm-hmm. very much to be able to talk about his wife and then hand a photo where it's. Their, you know, their faces are both covered by the cake and not like play into the joke. Just kind of let the joke be its own thing. It's not hammy. It's it's very it's somehow not, finds it's like realness. What John would do. It, it somehow finds realness in like slapstick almost. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing that I'm thinking of now that you're making me consider is the is the fact that he conveys a lot of these kind of deep emotions without half of his face. Yeah. He's he's doing it with half of his face tied behind his back, essentially, or and behind the back of a fence. Somehow makes with that impairment, as well as the fact that he has to make real and relatable a character who has a rainforest room. Yeah, true. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a lot uh, that was in most episodes. He plays such a minimal role. I remember at the beginning of the season before um, my dinner with Wilson, there was a very big shift to like, he's just restating the problem as opposed to giving Tim an actual answer to it. Yeah. He played a very minimal role, which goes a long way as far as I'm concerned about his two performances in my dinner with Wilson and Wilson's girlfriend, where it's like, those are so superior to everything else that it lifts the rest of the season for me. Yeah. Um, however, I have to give it to JTT as well. <laughs> uh, I mean, every point that you made is completely valid, and I 100% agree with it, as long as we're not taking into consideration Man of the House. No. <laughs> no. Because I, mean, I think he's kind of shitty in Man of the House. I think... Yeah, I think that he... I think that in Man of the House, he's leaning into the wrong things like yes. he, he is he is being a cute smart ass he's being a mini tim allen yes or like, tim taylor yeah 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 he's like he is honestly yeah you see the, those tim taylor influences in a big way and uh look the, the mvp for man of the house obviously george went um <laughs> agree for this season george went because we watched man of the house this season <laughs> by which i mean we watched getting even with dad yeah. um yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad that that once again we can agree and be in agreement. But I think yeah, J, like JTT just just blows it wide open. Okay, well, I'm I'm gonna have to go with your your argument for Richard Karn, which was that he wasn't there to support the whole season and didn't have an integral role in being the most valuable person. Yes. <sighs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to acquiesce. I'm going to go with JTT. That, yes. Yes. <laughs> Nothing. That was my, my, no, your my sound maker confetti thing falling from like the sky. Like c- celebrating me winning on this one is what you're saying. <laughs> no, I'm celebrating the, the winner, J- JTT. 
I'm that confetti is for him, not for you. Oh, so oh, okay. pull it out of your hair and go save it and throw it at him. Uh, you know, I'm. <laughs> you can't tell me that I'm not allowed to have the confetti that hits me. Like, that's, <laughs> yes, I am. I, I, I okay. Things if you that, look very closely at it, on every single little individual strain, it says JTT on it, and that couldn't fit the whole name. That's weird. so. Wait, you're saying that you were needle pointing Jonathan Taylor Thomas's name onto individual bits of confetti, even though you went into this supporting Earl Hinman. For the MVP. Uh, yes, exactly. Wow, you, Landon, you have a dedication to this podcast that I will never have. I, I was actually, I have confetti with everybody's name on it. And so when we're done here, if JTT is going to win MVP again, I need all the confetti back so that I can use it in the future. You, you know what you really need is a hobby that is not <laughs> needle pointing home improvement characters' names on the confetti in case we award them on our podcast. <laughs> Um, wow. Well, yeah. okay. Well, then I'm glad, honestly, I was worried about that. I'm glad we got that sorted. Yeah. Uh, all right. So congratulations, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Now let's go through, uh, our people's choice MVP. Yeah. What do we got? Uh, okay. So we put this out on Twitter only this time. Yeah. We actually got quite a few votes. I, I was surprised at the turnout. Yeah. Um, wait, did Andrew Yang win? Did they, did they <laughs> hijack this one? <laughs> Before I go into the numbers. I want to uh, go through a few comments okay. from from our listeners. Uh, Mason said that uh, uh, I'm just going to quote him verbatim. I really think Jill had a great season. They put her uh, schooling more to the front, and it wasn't just some background noise. I feel like that's different from what we feel, but a little bit. But respect Mason, yeah, regardless. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Tara says uh, my thoughts exactly. Oh, Tara. So she agrees with him. We're on we're on opposite sides of the fence, but you know what? Hey, that works. You know what? Yeah, good good for we're her. We're still neighbors. Yeah. Incidentally, Tara, I hope that the summer is treating you well out there in the Midwest, <laughs> delivering that mail. Same with uh, same with Mason. I think he's from uh, he's from Michigan. Oh, okay. Well, I hope the summer is treating you well out there too. I mean, not that I not that I don't hope that this like it's not like I have ill will towards Mason. I just know that that I know that Tara's out there delivering mail in the hot sun, and that's that's gotta suck, you know. So. Lastly, <laughs> lastly, our, our the last comment comes from uh, our guest this season. Oh yes, Mr. Luke Barnett. Oh Luke, how's it going, Luke? He says, if memory serves me, this season would be prime time for JTT to be on the cover of every uh, magazine in America. Ooh, this guy, this guy knows what he's talking about. Yep. And uh, let's see if uh, what any of them had to say boards out in our People's Choice MVP results. All right. Uh, starting from the bottom, which is, uh, always the place I like to start. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. That's not, that's not a pun. I'll tell you that one. <laughs> I'm, uh, f- doing filler while I pull up something that was closed on my thing. Landon's doing okay, filler. Okay, I got it. Uh, I don't even remember where to pick up now. Landon, are, are if you had a stroke, you'd tell me, right? You, you would <laughs> let me know. Blink twice. <laughs> If blood flow to your brain do, is abruptly ceased. Do stroke victims know they're having a stroke while they're having the stroke? Do, do you smell toast? Do you smell oranges? It would be, if you smelled oranges because they symbolize death in so many good movies, that would actually be a really beautiful and ironic way to have a stroke. <laughs> I want to start from the bottom. Also, strokes are no laughing matter. So yes. if you are if you were laughing heartily at the hilarious joke I just made, you should feel bad about yourself. Start at the bottom, Landon, Not the person, as, as you are You shouldn't feel bad about the person who made the joke. You feel no. bad about yourself for laughing at it. Absolutely. I am blameless. You know, you know, America's too politically correct because people don't laugh at the jokes that I make the same way that they laughed at the same jokes 15 years ago. <laughs> Clearly, 
clearly it's not on me for having to find new material to be relevant. It's on America for changing. <laughs> that was my impression of Dave Chappelle. Sounded exactly like him. That was also my impression of basically every white comedian over the age of 50. <laughs> Landon, a shocking number of our episodes lately have ended with you just like giggling and mopping your face with a handkerchief. And I don't want that to become our thing on this podcast. Because it's 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 like that's I feel like that's fun for us, but that's not as fun for the people who are making I don't even feel like it's fun for you. I don't well I, because like it'd be one thing if I was totally slaying it with jokes, but I honestly never walk away from this podcast feeling like I've said anything truly funny. <laughs> I get caught up in the surrealism of things a lot of times. My brain immediately is hyper aware of the situation I'm in and it like becomes a closed loop of like, it is ridiculous that I'm laughing at something that's not funny and I can't stop laughing and that's funny to me and it's making me laugh more. We've spent the past 30 minutes debating the MVP on an episode of, uh, on a season of Home Improvement and, and you're only just now finding things you think are absurd. Okay, come okay. on. Let, let, okay, okay, okay. Here's the People's Choice MVP. What I'm going to do is I'm going to start from the bottom in terms of number of votes yes. and work our way to the top. That's what you should do. Here's a very disappointing thing to me. My choice for MVP, Earl Hinman, yeah. got zero votes. Woo. Woo. My my yeah. champion, my my go-to boy, Tara Noah Smith, got no votes. Oh, man. They're like, uh, they're like John Delaney and Congressman Tim Ryan polling at zero in the primary. <laughs> Pretty much. But, but hanging in there, though. I'm starting to think that uh, our, our listeners have a personal vendetta against me. <laughs> well, they've, li- they've, listened, they've been listening to you for two and a half years. That's long enough to decide to, to have a vendetta against a person. <laughs> uh, the next one up, though, is surprising to me as he topped out um, a lot of the polls in the past. Okay. Mr. Tim Allen wow. comes in dead last as far as the number of votes. Well, I guess, I mean, above zero. Sure. <laughs> uh, which is one. He only got a single vote. Wow. How does it feel, Tim Allen? <laughs> and just above him is Zachary Ty Bryan with wow. two. Okay, okay. Now, here's where it starts to get interesting. Former People's Choice winner. Yeah. Patricia Richardson. Yeah. Gets three votes this time. Wow. All right. Yeah. All right. And this is where it gets real interesting because the jump. Wait, wait. So it wasn't interesting at all for the first couple. Patricia Richardson is a huge jump in interest, but now it's going to get exponentially more interesting it's... than Patricia Richardson getting three votes. Yes, it is. Wow. Because. Buckle the fuck in, kids. It was interesting that Tim Allen and Patricia Richardson received so little votes. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is who tops them yeah. with a margin. Going from three votes to seven votes. Oh, okay. Actually, that is interesting. Debbie Dunning. Oh, we broke Truman. No, you didn't. Bro- <laughs> you didn't break Truman. Truman's just trying to figure out what processing. I see the little flashing cursor on your DOS screen. <laughs> yeah, the, the the it's it's the it's the pinwheel on OS X. Um, uh, all right. I'm I'm just wondering what they're go- again. I mean, no disrespect to Debbie Dunning, who yeah. is a great comic actress. Uh, citation. You click on it, takes you about on the Wikipedia page. It's a link to the movie Kingpin, where she is hilarious. Um, she's not in that movie. She's in Kingpin. No, she's not. Yes, she is. That was Vanessa Angel. No, she's as not. the main the main girl. Uh, you know what? Okay, my friend who I was watching <laughs> Kingpin with told me it was the woman from Home Improvement. <laughs> Blame it on a friend. Yeah, I was blaming it on a friend. Is that friend's name Truman? Uh, Were you looking in a mirror? 
well, I, I was looking at the screen showing me Kingpin. Oh. Oh, I must have confused her with Leprechaun 4 in space when she played uh, Private Dolores Costello. Wait, is Leprechaun 4 in space trying to go for, like, an Aliens-type deal? Where there's... Oh, God, fascinating. All right, so... Um, I mean, if you want to talk more about Leprechaun 4 in space, in space. I would be happy to, but uh, for the sake of the show. Yeah, for the sake of our runtime. All right, well, I think the biggest takeaway people are learning from this show is I really know nothing about what anyone has ever been in. Uh... Anyway, I think that Debbie Dunning is great. I just don't think she was... I, I, I don't know. I, I must have been watching a different show from the people who... Or, or there's seven horny, horny, horny viewers who, who voted that. <laughs> Quite it, possibly. If, if, so it's one horny person who created seven different accounts. I, that might be it. And that person, <laughs> that person was Brad Taylor. <laughs> um, moving up with just inching her out at eight votes mm-hmm. was Richard Karn. Okay. Two-time People Choice uh, winner. Yeah, People Choice. People Choice. Yeah, is what I said. Uh, so you sound like Borat. Hey, People <laughs> Choice. Uh, not surprising to me, mm-hmm. but we have a history-making moment here. Yeah, the Grunt Work MVP and the People's Choice MVP are one and the same. Holy shit! With ten votes. Oh my god! People's Choice MVP Jonathan Taylor Thomas. A blowout win for Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. You know what that means? What? He's got a mandate to lead. He can go with any any crazy policy he wants. Clearly, oh, no. the people of America want Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And that, and, that, and that policy is rollerblades for everyone. <laughs> Ban cars, replace them with rollerblades. <laughs> Highways full of rollerblades. With and knee pads for all. That kind of power, would you say... No, don't do it. He is... Don't, don't do it. The man of the house. I'd say that he got even with his dad, actually. <laughs> I really hope that that our listeners are aware that there's a movie called Getting Even with Dad, because otherwise this long-term joke I've been doing is not panning out. Oh, my goodness. So there we have our People's Choice MVP. And uh, this brings us to the moment everybody has been waiting for, our namesake, the thing we do week after week, the thing that is the work part of our grunts. Yes, what? That didn't make sense. I don't know, man. I've stopped making sense. Yeah. Hey, there you go. That's that's not a. That was a great time to do a Talking Heads song, and you didn't. You just you just did a little little fanfare. <laughs> that, was, that was a. Uh, it's a very obscure B track. You wouldn't know about it. Uh, <laughs> Masterfully done. Masterfully done. Okay, the grunt count. Season grunt count. Yes. I have questions. We, we want answers. Well, you well, have I mean, answers. I've, I've got answers. And we'll, we will all soon have answers. Yes. Because you will give them to us. You will have them before the rest of the fans, because you'll hear me say it before this gets released. Oh, there yes. you go. Oh, God, what am I going to do with this power? What uh, if I leak it online? You're going to know who did it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep, I will. I know the, the repercussions for that. <laughs> Let's start with the first question. No, I'm going to go with the second question. <laughs> I, well, what, what is the, I feel like... I don't know. Every every time I record an episode with you now, it's like the movie Apocalypse Now, where it's just this slow descent into insanity. Except there's one person on the boat who stays sane the whole time, and I'm that guy. <laughs> do you like my necklace of ears? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I do. You're like uh, you're you're Dennis Hopper. Honestly, that's it. You're Dennis Hopper at the end of Apocalypse Now. Oh, are you saying that just because I smell? I, no, no, I'm saying that because you're giddy with with, uh, with, <laughs> with carnage insanity. and everything around you. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're not. Look, you're. Oh. I'm, I'm not saying that you're Marlon Brando. You're not like sweating in the darkness. <laughs> the darkness. Um, I watched a snail crawl along 
a razor blade. That's all I remember. And that's not a Marlon Brando. I'm, pra- I'm no, not even was, trying. It was John Mahoney doing yeah. Marlon Brando. <laughs> Terminate me with extreme prejudice? Come on, Frasier. <laughs> I already got my hip got terminated with extreme prejudice. Give me another beer. Eddie is the Dennis Hopper character. <laughs> Frasier is uh, Martin Sheen's character. I guess Niles is uh, is Lawrence Fishburne's character. Daphne is all of the Playboy bunnies. Um, wow. I'm trying to think. And then I guess Roz is the plantation owner from the deleted scene where he goes to the French plantation. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, okay. so that's Apocalypse Now with Frasier characters. Um, the grunt count, I guess. What was the least amount of grunts we had? And I want to guess. Yeah. I, I think I've got I, a pretty... I, the, the, this the, is a stab the, in the dark. The question isn't the least number of grunts. It's how many episodes hit that number. Oh, interesting. That would that would change my answer. Yeah. Obviously. The least number is zero. Yes. Which we've had quite yes. a bit of. Yes. Now, you're asking me how many episodes had zero grunts. Yes. This is my answer. Seven. Confetti, you what? hit it right on. Seven really? Ep- seven episodes this season had zero grunts. Wow. I, I I shat myself. That's amazing. You hit it right on. Yes. It feels seven, like more. It, it does. And as I was tallying them, I was like, what? This is, I, I felt like half of them didn't have any yeah. grunts. Seven episodes with zero grunts. Wow. How many episodes last season had zero grunts? Zero. No. One. Five. Oh, really? I, I know. Last se- but like this is, so there's two more episodes. Two more grunt-free episodes this season than there were last season. I'll be curious how that reflects upon the the season total, but uh, well, it doesn't. In due it, time, it doesn't mean it's. It doesn't mean the total is high. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> okay, keep keep asking me then. Then uh, we go to what were the most amount of grunts we've had in a single episode. Yeah, and um, I know it's not high. Yeah, I want to say it's eleven. Were you looking at my numbers before this? No, why? Because it's 11. <laughs> well, you have to keep in mind, too, that I do the grunt count in the newsletter every week. So yeah. I have to put thought into coming up with a hint for these things. Okay, but the episode that had 11 grunts was the eighth episode of the season. So you did that in, like, March or April <laughs> is when you sent out that yeah. newsletter. So you've remembered a lot of shit's happened since March or April Well, for I just both did deductive us. reasoning. I don't remember doing a hint for anything that was... You're, you're like, I like, Sherlock? I went to 14, and I'm like, I don't remember doing anything that high, but I know it's above 7, so I just kind of, like, split the difference. You're, you, okay, we need to take you to Vegas and have you count some cards. <laughs> Um, what was the episode? The epi- it was I mean, it was episode number eight of the season. Uh, let me let me figure out what the name of that episode was right now. Quibbling siblings. Oh, quibbling siblings. Yeah, then that's the one. Interesting. Can, can I tell you why there were eleven? Please, grunts? I would love to know. Well, no. Well, my notes didn't like. I was looking through them. It was like I didn't I didn't explain how we got to that high a number. But I think it was. <laughs> if well, if I recall, it's because a bunch of that happened on the set of Tool Time, and Tim was grunting a bunch, and also a yeah. lot of it was him talking about. Mark following him into his masculine line of work. So, of course, more room for grunting there. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, then, if you were to take all of the grunts from all of the episodes, on average, how many grunts would would somebody expect? So, we... Oh, now, I want to do an aside to say that I've calculated this. A, I calculated this. I did math, guys. You did math. Suck it, world. Salem-Kaiser School District... 
failed me and yet somehow, you know, started at the bottom. Now I'm here doing math on a podcast. Uh, the average, the average GPE. Yeah. Grunts per episode. Is 3.46 grunts. Oh, okay. But now that's including the outliers. Do you have that in comparison to last season? So last season, the average per episode was 7.28. Wow. So that's less than half. Yeah. Wow. And and then without outliers, uh, the average for this season is 4.38. Oh, that's... Well, because I took... Because if you take out... So, I mean, I took out yeah. all of the zeros... Oh, I see. Okay, and yeah. then I took and then I took out the eleven. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then I also eliminated those. You know. For, okay. For those, yeah. So that seems a little more uh, on on par. But there, but there were so many outliers. Yeah. Though. Like I, I, there were seven zeros. But to, last season, I don't think you took the outliers out. Well, I did. I did a calculation without the outliers for last season as well. Oh, you did. Okay. Yes. I, I last, would. Now, this is my guess for this. I think that without outliers for both are going to be closer together. Yeah, well, last, yeah, yeah. Without outliers for last season is 5.45. So, yeah, that's very, very close. Here's a caveat. I also don't know that I'm eliminating the outliers properly. Um, so maybe these. So maybe the second number that I gave you is bunk. But the average of 3.46 <laughs> definitely is, is right. Okay, so the there's a little asterisk there and says this may be subjective. I, yeah, there's a little asterisk that says, like, Truman Caps got half the questions on his math SAT wrong. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. What about the median? The median grunt is three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, all right. All right. And uh, I guess that brings us to our grand finale. The total grunt count for the season? The grunt count for the season. And I need to guess. So yeah. we've had 11 as our highest. Yes. We've had seven as our Well, seven zeros. episodes zero, yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to do some quick math in my head. Little little equations swirling around Landon's head like in that GIF. <laughs> Pie charts. Bar graphs. Now, in the past, it's been in the hundreds. Yes. In, I don't, in, in now, literally always in the past, it has been in the hundreds. Yeah, I, I don't think it's broken 100. I think... I'm going to go with 86... Now I can't tell if you're looking at me because it's I'm right or because I, I did, his face just kind of squeezed together like uh like, like I couldn't tell if it was suspiciousness or if it was where the fuck did you come up with that number? I, okay, the the count for season four of yeah. Grunts is ninety. Oh wow! I'm serious. Like I don't know if you are fucking with me and looked at my <laughs> notes earlier or if you're just that good. I mean, you did major in accounting or something at some point in your life. Um, yeah, 90 grunts for this season. Now, the count for last season? Yeah. 182. Wow, half. Half. Wow. The the count for season two? 367. The count for season one? 359. So, this is the opposite of what we thought was going to happen. Yeah. This is the, like, we thought going into this that there was going to be... Uh, the, the grunts would be just more and more and more every season. Yeah. And so we're seeing a, an exponential drop-off. Like, the only reason I would say that there might be more grunts in subsequent seasons is simply because we're reaching a floor, a grunt floor, <laughs> that I don't know we can, can go too far below yeah. it on a show like Home Improvement. What happens if there are zero grunts in an entire season? We, we, we get to stop doing the podcast early. Is that the caveat? I, I, I think that's how, that's how okay. we're freed from our curse. So, we, we, starting season five, we are... Uh, eagerly counting the zero episodes sequentially, yes. like 
One to go, two to go, three to go. I also want to point out that's that, not how to go works, but not really. No, I also want to point out in season three, the highest number of grunts in a single episode was seventy three. This season, the total number of grunts was ninety. So in season Whoa, three, there, wow. were, there were almost as many grunts in a single episode of last season as there were in the entirety of this season. That is actually interesting. I think yes, so. Yeah, I, I'm. I got to be honest. I'm very surprised at how interested I am in the the numbers here. I, I, as I was counting it up, like the first couple seasons, it's like this is dumb. The numbers are almost the same. Yeah. But this this like looking at the numbers all laid out next to each other, I'm like, I understand why people like stats. This is actually <laughs> kind of cool. These grunting less. Tim is like this this is a this is a calculated effort on the part of the production to have him yeah. grunt less. Also, because season three, when we thought Tim was way too over the top, he was still grunting on about half as much as the season before. I mean, three hundred. there were 367 grunts in season two, 182 grunts in season three. That's roughly half as many. Yeah. This is half again as many. So we're going to get... Uh, 45 grunts next 45. season? 45, wow. I, I don't think that's possible. I'm going to say right now, I would be shocked if we have it, if we have it again. Maybe two-thirds this many. Do you think it's going to go up or down? I mean, if you if you had to call it now, if you say you're 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 what you're uh, Anton Sugar saying, call it friendo. You yeah, I'm flip flipping the coin. Flip the coin, and I'm standing here. I'm so I gotta close up the shop. Yep. Um, fuck. You know, if you're really if you're pointing your compressed air cattle prod gun at my face, and I had to make a guess, <laughs> I would say that next season will probably go slightly higher. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Just based on the show's enduring popularity, I think this is this is going to be a low watermark. Yep, and it will go higher from here. I I agree. Just based I, on every show getting dumber as it goes on. Yep, like that's the rule with every like. And how I, much dumber can you get than just grunting at something? I you know you look at you look at Cheers and uh, how as the show got like there comes a point after. Like, you get into, like, season six and seven of Cheers, and the antics that Sam is up to with women. Like, Sam, like the whole, just every character gets more of whatever their thing is. Yeah. Norm becomes more of an alcoholic. Sam becomes more <laughs> of a womanizer. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, like, Cartoon caricatures of themselves. I'm in season 11 right now, and Rebecca is basically a child. Like, <laughs> right. Uh, and I still, I like her a lot better now than I did when she was first on the show. The point is, uh, so I think that as this show goes on, Tim is going to have some reversion to the meat. Mm-hmm. And I think what that means is that is he's going to be very mean. Yeah, <laughs> is that he's going to seize the means <laughs> of production? Absolutely not. Tim Taylor would never do that. Well, this leaves us one last thing, which is what is the series total up to now? And I'm going to guess. I mean, you've thrown out numbers, so I can do some basic math in my head. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And you've proven very good Three, at both guessing. Seven, and, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with. 902. Uh, that was that was actually our total grunt count for the first three seasons was 908. Our total grunt oh. count now is 998. We are we didn't two, pass a thousand. We That's are wild. two grunts shy of a thousand. Wow. You are we are edging our way. Oh, you said 200, not 180. I see. Okay, so I fucked up that one, but uh, yeah, you suck it. <laughs> um, yeah, 998 grunts so far, guys. Wow. 998,000 something something grunts. That's what we're doing. That's rent. That's rent. <laughs> A song that I really hate, but it was kind of... Also, that really doesn't work making that joke unless there's six figures worth of grunts, and we haven't got those yet. <laughs> Not yet. Season eight. Ugh. 
Well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe there'll be one that's all them grunts. Like, I think the only way you get to six figures of grunts is if you play that Doom mod where every texture is Tim Allen's face and every noise is a grunt. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, uh, as tradition has it, um, it's time for me to to do my grunt impression. Oh, okay. To see how it's improved. Yeah. If it has, or maybe it's devolved. I uh, mean, the grunt is about devolving in the first place, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like golf. The le- the lower the score, the better you're doing. I was going to say it's more like that gun in the Super Mario Brothers movie that devolves people. But yeah, you know, you, you too. Go, go, yeah, it's either one of those. Large Marge. Large, no, that's Pee-wee's Playhouse. That, that's Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Landon. You know how good it feels when you get something blatantly wrong about The Big Adventure is when he goes to the circus. No, that's Big Top Pee-wee. <laughs> and, ah, God, Landon. <laughs> What am I doing? Oh, the the grunt. Okay, so um, it's not like we do hard stuff on. This I know. Show. I just my memory doesn't work too well these days. Uh, uh, hey, man, I forgot stuff that I talked about earlier on the same podcast. So here's my analysis of my previous grunts. I think that there's too, it's trying too hard and it's a little too nasally. Yeah, I think his grunts more innately come from the diaphragm than yeah. it does as like an intellectual like choice. I think it's yeah. more instinctual. Therefore, it's coming from the, the gut, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's got it's to like start down like right below the rib cage, and you just kind of like you can almost pull a string as it comes up through your your. You're vomiting your up this grunt, really. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so it's, it starts like, uh? yeah, that started really deep. I like that, and the rate, the the rise in pitch. Yeah, you're getting really close on that. Thank you. Uh? Yeah, see, like even I feel like when I'm doing it. I'm going too low and not getting high enough. You get the real vocal range on that grunt. Thank you. You're That's, welcome. Uh, Thank you for trying. And at the end of this uh, podcast, we can kind of, we'll string them together and see how the, the grunt evolves. People, will, I'm telling you right now, people are going to demand to hear that. That, that. that is the content that people want to hear. <laughs> they want to hear two dudes grunting at them. Because you I mean, because you're watching a, the show. Because you can't get that just walking down the street as a woman in this country. You can't just get grunted at by random men gross gross indeed oh man well the grunt work is done let's crack open some brewskis <laughs> take a cold shower because we're just Seriously. too excited uh i'm about at that place but um uh well because i was making a salacious joke there so maybe you're not at that place but no but I, i'm at the place of checking out as i did while you were talking which is why i didn't catch what you were saying as as yeah <laughs> personally i think we both kind of checked out like 10 minutes before we turned on the mics but that's just me <laughs> Looking forward, sir, this is the time uh, I want to talk a little bit about what's been going on. Okay. And what people can expect and uh, what they can look forward to. Um, yeah, so what's going on is I wake up in the morning and I step outside and I <laughs> take a deep breath and I get real high, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What's going on? I mean, I- that does sound pretty much like what you do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I mean, it's this brotherhood of hope or for whatever that means. I like... That one song. I don't like a lot of Four Non Blondes, but that, that one is pretty good. I don't think a lot of people know any other Four Non Blondes songs except that song. Probably not. I'm just saying, I could also be doing, what's going on? What's going But no, I, I, you know, as much as I like Marvin Gaye, yeah. it's not it's that it. Um, so, uh, listeners will note that uh, things have been a little ad hoc 
lately. Yeah. Uh, it, it, future it, listeners probably won't be able to tell the difference, but no, no, you know, no. we've been promising things for a little bit, and things have been getting in the way. We, it, it's not been it's not been tight goosey. It's been loosey goosey. <laughs> there's no disputing that. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, the looseness of our goose. We were actually going, we were prepared and ready to uh, record and film our um, Super Nintendo episode today. Yeah. And then... Uh, life happened. Yeah, outside life happened. I will admit Waking to... Waking life happened. A lot of personal things have derailed uh, some stuff, our episodes in the past uh, a couple weeks. But this was something completely out of our control. They were doing um, retrofitting at my apartment, and there was just a... They were basically taking a sandsaw to stone yeah. right outside our window. They added more power to it. <laughs> really, home improvement ruined our home improvement podcast today. <laughs> well, it doesn't ruin... Well, I'm not going to go there. I mean, how hard is it to ruin like no, a just, thing that's already pretty broke? Home improvement kind of ruins our podcast every week. That's just our lives. Um, so, uh, here's the deal, guys. Um, things are going on in Truman's life. Things are going on in my life. Changes are happening. Hair is sprouting up in weird places. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mostly because I'm getting old and Tur- it's like showing up in my ears and it's S- like, seriously, what the fuck? Ear hair. What the hell is this with being in your 30s? I did not <laughs> sign up for this shit. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to do this. We're going to take our mid-season break, not the, the break we take in the middle of the season, but the season, the break we take between seasons. Yes. Our so between our, season break. Yeah, our, our end of season break, our hiatus, yeah. if you will. And it's going to be a little bit longer than normal. Yes. Uh, we're definitely coming back for season five and we got some amazing things planned for you guys. Yes. Um, but you know, it's, it's, we're halfway through this thing. Yeah. We've we've done the first four seasons. We have four left to go. If ever we're going to take a break, it's now to recharge so that we can bring you guys better content so I don't crack up laughing uh, deliriously at the end of every episode. <laughs> and, and also, if ever there's a time to take a break, it would be after this season, which, again, has gone on since before the beginning of time. This season, our longest of seasons. It, it on, <laughs> You're right. It, it really uh, has been long. Sorry. I'm back in it. Um, so... I don't know exactly how long this break is going to take, but obviously we're not disappearing. We're yeah. gonna we'll be in touch on our mailing list, which you can sign up for. Uh, you can uh, follow us on our social media channels, mostly Instagram and Twitter, and uh, on Patreon. You know, we'll let you know when we're coming back. Yeah. Uh, but to speak of Patreon, while we're gone, um, our Patreon listeners aren't going to lose out on uh, what they're paying for. We we will still be recording grunt work nights. That will still be there for you. You're paying for it. You're getting it. Yeah. And, and that will still be there. And I think, to, to go off of that, I just want to make clear to everybody, even though we've been bitching and moaning a lot on this episode, and in fact on most episodes, <laughs> um, Landon and I really like making this podcast. Oh, yeah. We love working together. We love making podcasts. The, the things that are burning us, like, part of it is that we're burnt out because we have lots of other sh- shit yeah. going on in our lives. It's been have... a huge transition, for me at least, a life transition uh, over the last uh, uh, three months or so. I mean, Landon has had some exciting career stuff going on. I've also had some exciting career stuff going on. Like, what, like the next couple months, I'm going to be working, uh, writing on a web series. It's already not a very big, like, 
however big of a deal you think it is, divide that deal by half, and that's actually how big of a deal it is. But I will be. But I'll be Look working at you with your math. I, I know you did it once for the podcast, and now it's just carrying on I, in your I, life. Math is kind of my new thing now. I'm, I'm the math guy. <laughs> this is what you can expect in season five. Yeah, just all math all the time. I I guess I'm joining the Yang Gang. I'm all about math. But uh, but like I've, I'm going to have this new work schedule for this web series that will have me working all through the weekends and crazy hours that will make it hard to record podcasts on the yeah. regular. Unless and my yeah. my particular situation makes it hard to record during the work weeks. So we have to find a new uh, a new routine and a new solution, and it's going to take just a little bit of time yes uh, until we can kind of understand what the pattern is and find what's going to work best and also since my thing only goes for a couple months and then stops it might also just mean we wait out the job but uh, we're going to figure out what works best for us yeah yeah i mean i'm not i don't think either of us are prepared to say that our break is going to take months no but, no no, uh, no. I mean, it's going to be extended it's more than a few weeks i don't know let's debate live on the air what we think we're going to do and just <laughs> let people be in on every aspect of the process total what transparency for on dinner tonight work. Well, let's see. Probably the second half of the Kogi burrito that I had for uh, lunch. Uh, uh, you know, actually, I think it was uh, more of a bowl rather yeah, than a burrito. I got the Kogi bowl. It costs $10. It has uh, cabbage. It's got kimchi. It's got ranch. It's you got and pork numbers belly. again. Jeez, oh, Pete. I mean, well, what? I don't they even said, know you anymore. They... I mean, well, look, I still can't. I still can't remember what actor was on what show or what actor plays what boy. Like because they have nothing to do with math anymore. I guess so. You're right. <laughs> there are three boys. I know that much. Anyway. Uh- but uh, so we're going to take a break. We're not giving up on Patreon. So that's going to continue. And any of our regular listeners who might be interested and want to continue to get week to week episodes, uh, you can do so for only a dollar. One dollar uh, at our lowest Patreon tier gets you access to our weekly uh, Grunt Work Nights episodes, as well as our entire backlog, including our Frasier episodes. So, oh yeah, it's, and those Frasier episodes are chonky, boys. There's a lot there. <laughs> uh, so there's no commitment too. I mean, you can you can only for the interim do a Patreon thing, and uh, you know. Take your money back. Well, you don't get your money back. Well, but you yeah, can but stop, stop giving, giving us, yeah. stop giving us sense. There, that, see, that was a pun. Stop giving sense. Oh, Landon, finally. Hey, for for once, you get better as the episode ends. <laughs> um, so uh, that's Patreon.com/slash/GruntworkPod. Um, and there are going to be some changes in season five. We're still discussing what is going to be. You know, Richard, you know, Karn Corner's gone. Yeah. So we gotta we gotta build a new corner. Yeah. Uh, you know, in our hexagon of a studio. Um, we there might be some you know just some other little changes. We, we might we might just start reviewing episodes of Cheers and see if anybody notices. <laughs> uh, so all of that to be said. Some changes are on the the line, and we're just asking for you guys, who we love and appreciate so much, uh, to be patient with us. It is, again, it is a shock and a wonder and a joy to me that this crazy rambling that we do means something and brings joy to anyone at all, any single person. In fact, that uh, that many of you like this... Warms the very cockles of my heart. <laughs> and and trust me, all of me is very warm right now. So the fact that you can warm me even more than I'm warmed is amazing. <laughs> and the last thing I want to mention for what you can expect uh, during this break is, um, you know, we're still paying for podcast hosting. We're still doing this. So what we're going to do uh, in the interim is rebroadcast some of our classic episodes. And by classic, I mean the ones that have been listened to the most. Yeah. I, I'm assuming those are what you would consider classic. I mean, I'm not going to pull a Tim Taylor, look at this classic episode of Tool Time. I don't have that kind of hubris. <laughs> I'm just saying, in regards of all of the stats that we have for our episodes, we're going to put the ones out that have the most. There, now, look at you talking about stats. Look who likes math I didn't now. actually say a number, though. Yeah, but you said stats. Stats is the word that means math. <laughs> 
Uh, so that's that's what's on the docket, guys. Stats, what's on the docket? <laughs> um, and that wasn't a pun. That was just that was rhyming. Rhyming. Landon, look, you guys have watched Landon learn what puns are in real time. Now, <laughs> now that is content. <laughs> Truman, Landon. is there anything else about season four you want to cover before we put this season to rest? You know, guys, I feel like in the Shawshank Redemption. There's that guy who's been in prison for like his entire life and then they let him out of prison and he do- he's been in prison for so long that he doesn't know what life is like without being in prison. You've and made this he, analogy before. He tries to cut it in the outside world. I know, Landon. And he can't do it and then he hangs himself. And I'm just saying, I hope that doesn't happen to me when I walk out of this apartment and know that I am no longer going to have to be making podcasts about the fourth season of Home Improvement. Okay, so you're on Suicide Watch. Um... <laughs> Unlike Jeffrey Epstein, apparently. <laughs> Boom, Ooh. topical. Yay, yay, yay. Um, uh, uh, okay, if there's one person in the world who it's okay to make suicide jokes about, it's the billionaire pedophile who evaded justice for ten years. I don't have a comment to make on that. Um, let's let's end the, on, on that note. Wait, were you taking donations from him? <laughs> no. Somebody call Sarah just, Koenig. This is a serial investigation I'm just saying, now. This is a very complex situation and topic to be talking about. Uh, that I don't, I'm not prepared to comment I'm just saying so on. many cameras were deactivated and the bones that were broken in his neck landed. Let, let, let me show you some group chats that I've I'm been not in. disagreeing with you. I'm just saying I don't have any comment on it. Uh, so bang, bang, this season's dead. It's in the ground and it's behind us. Let's move on to season five whenever that comes. Yes. If you enjoyed today's show, <laughs> which is hard to believe, but if you did. <laughs> And you want to help us create even better content, like our Super Nintendo episode, which is coming and will happen before Season 5, uh, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor on our Patreon. Yes, that will give you access to things like the aforementioned Gruntwork Nights, a podcast about everything but the TV series Home Improvement. That a much more gentle touch to that, Nights. Uh, you know what, Landon? I'm learning. I'm maturing. I'm deciding I don't need to I don't need to get up into the microphone and ASMR people when I talk about <laughs> Gruntwork Nights. I mean, that might uh, give us another selling point for this. This, uh, this show that we do here uh, you know yeah we gotta we gotta load up with as many of those as we can find uh but yeah it's you know landon and i bullshit about a variety of topics we've yeah. had some uh, pretty good ones recently which is not to say that the other ones were bad but just we've gotten onto some pretty interesting tangents about stuff that we would not normally get into yeah. within the confines of discussion of home improvement and for only a single dollar you can a uh, single dollar a month and no commitments you can stop anytime get access to all of those episodes a dollar a month and uh if you subscribe at our highest level our our L's pal uh, level, you get access to those as well as the video feed to those and uh, our monthly art giveaway, which I need to just preface here. Uh, there was a hiccup because some douchebag stole the materials I needed off of my porch. So I know, guys, they've been late. You're getting both of them at the same time uh, starting. Uh, oh, actually, by the time this episode airs, they will have been mailed. Great. Problem solved. Yeah. So, uh, patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. If you want to help others find this show and you want to uh, do it, you know, support us for free, you can consider leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to these shows. These these ding-dang shows of yours. <laughs> just just uh, write a review on a piece of paper and put it up outside the podcast store. Blow it into the wind and yeah. uh, the universe will find it somehow. <laughs> Drop it in the sewer. You give it to Pennywise. <laughs> <laughs> all reviews float down here yeah uh <laughs> he, he's listening to he's listening to the theme song of our podcast just dancing and the camera is, is staying on his face completely locked truman if they give us a review 
Uh, I've heard that they uh, they get something. They do. Do they? Well, why don't you tell them what they get? They get $500 million in gold or a or monkey. A monkey? Yep. Your choice. $500 million in gold or a monkey. <laughs> this feels like a Fallout 4 choice. I, I know. It's Yeah, it's, it's the deep, complex moral choices of that game. You only have enough room in your inventory for one monkey or for $500 million in gold. But they're all bottle caps. <laughs> Please stop by to say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram or wherever you can find us uh, at GruntWorkPod. And you can find information on today's show on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. And while you're on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.org, uh, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released. You can get uh, normally the Grunt Count hint. Uh, I don't know that I'll do one this week. Uh, maybe. If I can find a hint for our uh, end of the season count, I'll, I'll do 998. it. 998. Yeah. Um, Good luck. I, I'll think about it. If I can, I'll use it. Uh, but you can also get some exclusive trivia and uh, some fun stuff. I like putting those newsletters together, and people seem to enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, you seen this, folks? <laughs> yeah. uh, until next week. Well, when you're going to get uh, an old episode of Home Improvement. As opposed to all these new episodes of Home Improvement. <laughs> of grunt work. How about that? Yeah, it's good. Uh, I guess we, I could say when we cover another episode of Home Improvement, it doesn't say the episode has to be one we when haven't covered before. versions of us cover an old episode of Home Improvement, <laughs> take us home, Landon. I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember, kids, don't buy drugs. Become a podcaster and people give them to you for free. Really? No, they don't, but the experience of being in a hot apartment trying to record a podcast, it's like an ayahuasca trip. Uh-huh.